I'm good. How are you? Yeah. Can you? Is my audio okay? Yeah, I can hear you. This is your. It's like your first time now. You're like the host. I'm not hosting shit. <laughs> Just going for a free ride. That's me. Over a free ride, eh? What? Uh, you're not kneeling today. How's your back? Are you able to sit? Uh, yeah, I've been blasting it with. I've got one of those so rights, you know, the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overpriced weird thing. Yeah, yeah. I've been digging that right in. I I've been. A... Go on. I got a new uh, Theragun. It's actually a, it's a ripoff. It's Craft. Yeah. Um, I ordered it back in January and it was. Uh, the, the factories were shut down in China and whatever, so they didn't ship it. So I complained and asked for my money back, and then they suddenly miraculously found one and sent me it the other week. So it might have coronavirus on it. So I don't know. But it's, I've been blasting that on my. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the so right. That works real well. I've been curious about this fucking thing because I'm always told I have a tight psoas. Right. And for those of you who don't know your psoas, it's like this muscle, like right here. It goes from like your hip to your abdomen would you say that's correct ben yeah it kind of goes, it goes from the l4 l5 and then it comes down it's like the horseshoe like this your spine here it comes down and then it inserts into the kind of almost the anterior of the femur so the top of the it kind of sits right here okay okay yeah so that's what i mean i always get therapists trying to work on it for me but does this thing work because if, if for those of you who don't know if you have a tight psoas you probably have some quad issues or some back issues. You constantly, your lower back hurts. It could be that your psoas is really tight and that happens a lot in bodybuilders. Um, if you have manual, like if you get someone to strip that, it's the worst. Yeah, I had, I remember uh, Alvin Brown, the guy I used to see in Toronto. Uh, he used to dig in through my stomach mm -hmm. and he would, he'd be like, dude, I gotta, you're not gonna be able to like do anything for a second. And he would push all the way down into my fucking through my stomach into my spine i'm like what the fuck it's like he's uh, like doing deep tissue in your soul <laughs> what uh so does this thing work is it is it good i mean who knows i know that no i mean i thought i thought you had one okay so yeah it works it gets in on it um yeah. and it helps actually i always feel like it just frees up organs a little bit you know okay um, I'm I'm pretty I think most of us are pretty tight. The fascia down at the abdomen is pretty tight anyway. Like how how often do you ever roll your abs or like the fascia that's all yeah, down? Never. So tight. I, I rolled on the other day. Holy shit! Like all up under my ribs in here, and um, it feels quite nice. But well, not nice. It, it feels like it's working, doing something productive. So yeah. Uh, but I think it's like I think it's like eighty bucks or something. So like sixty pounds if you're British. Yeah. Um, you could probably do a makeshift. I, I, I've been considering buying it every time I see it. I'm like, I want to buy it, but I don't know. You're the first person I know that actually has one that says it actually helps. It's well, yeah, I, I think it's worthwhile. If you, it seems like a lot of money for what it is, but it's, yeah. if you can replicate that then go for it, but mm. it's it kind of, it's that right. It's that blade. Yeah. I found that difficult to replicate. I tried for about two weeks to do it from, Stuff around the house and then just saying, you know, like packing books together and trying to ram them in my groin, it just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're so you're gonna compete again this December, I think you said. Anyone competing? Well, I mean, there's some shows that are scheduled. Hopefully, they'll they'll happen. 
Yeah, well, if they do, then yes. So I'm looking at end of September. There's one show here in Dallas, and then there's another one two weeks later. Uh, no, sorry, one week later. I don't want to do two weeks apart. I think that's to come out and go back in again. I, I'm not, I don't want to do that. Um, yeah. I, I, I noticed you're sitting there with a fan on you. Texas. <laughs> we got the air conditioner on anyway, but Jesus Christ, it's hot. I can't. If I could, if I turn my camera, there's one, there's the same fans right there. <laughs> Another one, look behind the chair. No, there isn't. Holy shit, there is. You got two going. <laughs> yeah, I've got a ceiling fan above me, he's going. <laughs> I'm already, I'm going a little. That's all right. So, um, the end of September, I'm thinking uh, there's a show October 10th in Boston. Uh-huh. It's a Boston Pro, and I don't know. I don't know if the borders will be open by then, because if the borders aren't open, I'm not going to be able to cross the border and, and get there anyway. So, they doing any? What have they done with the Canadian summer shows? They're gone. There's no Toronto show. There's no Vancouver show. They've both been canceled. Struck them off to next year. There's nothing, yeah. So I thought about Boston, and I'm like, okay, maybe I can get ready, because it's like 20 weeks. Yeah. It's 20 weeks last Saturday, right? So I, uh, I've been considering that. Is your, is your prep – I know you were considering prepping before, but now is this like – Well, I was spending the last – since I had my PRP in, back in February on my back, I was ramping my calories up and just – feeling out my training I was kind of low dose cruising things and just chilling mm. and once I could start getting some genuine sessions back in um particularly just I could bench again properly I could kind of work around my back my back workout it's very it's pathetic right so I like lifting heavy like you got but this one is I couldn't train this with anyone else I have to yeah. tweak and play and it's very I feel like my back is responding from it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. The first time I'm actually having to think about my lap. Yeah. Really connect with it. But outside of that, all my other training, my leg training, my shoulders, it's all started to come back again. I'm, I'm pretty, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in a groove with it. So then I was talking to my wife and I said, well, the, the baby's due obviously in end of October, like the 30th yeah. of October. So yeah. I, was, I need to be selfish for a, to do a prep, right? Yeah. I'm, I can't, I'm all or nothing. I'm, I'm sure you're saying, right? yeah, yeah. I said, if I do this, do you mind? But it, once I'm done with it, then I can, then the baby's born and then I can be husband and daddy, right? Yeah. For a couple of years until, because she wants to come, she's a pro, right? So she wants to come back. Yeah. Is she, and, pro, what, is she pro figure, physique, or what? Fitness. So she does all the flips and the fucking, yeah. Um, so, you know, we might do that, but that's like in four or five years' time. I'm 32 now. I'm like, well, if I'm going to, you know, I don't want to turn pro or anything. I just want to do myself justice on stage, right? And mm-hmm. um, um, it's a shame because my back's blown, but like I said, I'm working around that. So I figure I got, I looked at it, I'm 17 weeks out this Saturday. And then, I don't know, 19 weeks gonna? Is she going to, is she going to hate your guts? Because it's like, you know, I know the baby's not born yet, but she's going to need a lot of your support and shit. And you're going to be like in the middle of a diet. Right. I mean, she owes me cause I helped her prep last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's not about, I'm it, not, I'm not trying to rain on your parade. I'm just saying, you are. I, I, okay. I am. But I would think 
in the last trimester of a of a pregnancy she's going to need you more than ever and you're going to be like ah sorry i gotta go to the gym well the gym's 10 yards outside the front door oh that's true that's true and her mom and dad live on the ranch next door okay <laughs> so you have support there <laughs> and i work from home um yeah so and you're right she is needy she's very needy i'm um, all women are but this one's a <laughs> Um, but no, she's good. She's, I mean, who knows? I turn into a complete arsehole. So, so what do you, th- what do you think it's like? It's weird. I didn't know about all that about you. So you work from home. Does she work from home too? Um, kind of. So she's actually a pro time manager, right? She, which may, basically means that she's now off work because of her shows. Yeah, that's right. Um, which works out well because She's pregnant and yeah. has been growing up for the last eight weeks. So yeah, she don't need to be smelling fucking uh, protein fumes and shit. No, while so she's pregnant, I'm kind of reluctant to her working while she's pregnant anyway. So it kind of worked out well, aside from obviously the financial implications of that. But yeah, um, we haven't we we've been frugal and sensible through that, so it's it's not a problem. She's, I guess I guess what I was going to was how do you are you guys because I my relationship is like me and my wife work together obviously on the brand and we both work from home. So we're together all the fucking time every day. And I think, I think a lot of people would drive them insane, but you guys seem to manage. Okay. Too. Well, we're early stages, right? So we're going longer. But for the most part, we're good. Yeah, no, we're good. We communicate well. So when she has a problem, she does the usual woman thing. And Which I'm, is what? which is not saying anything, right? Which is bottle it up until it becomes a fucking explosion. And then yeah, I don't, I don't play that way. So I'm like, if you have a problem with me, tell me right there and then and we'll deal with it right there and then. Yeah. And I'm okay. I'm, I'm like, you're pretty self-aware. I know when I'm being a prick. I know when I'm not. Yeah. Um, and I can be stuck. If I think I'm in the right, I'm, I'm a nightmare. But for the most part, she's pretty honest with me and she's not unreasonable. She's, she's a pretty good one, Can, especially within this industry. It's difficult to find hmm. someone that's kind of Norm- around. Normal? Yeah. yeah she, um, I mean, she's just a mom. She's just a yeah. mom that has to have good genetics and can train and came out real well, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's good. She makes me feel bad, though. She guilt trips me. She does this, like, trickery. So she doesn't ask me to do anything. Hmm. And I'm pretty fucking lazy about being proactive with stuff I don't want to do, like housework. Mm-hmm. She's the opposite. So she'll get up, not say anything, and she'll start, like, she, she went and painted the spare room the other day, and I'm like, I'm like an arsehole sat on the couch watching yeah. you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you're not asking me to do shit, and you know won't, but it's making me feel bad, and you're like, yeah. I thank you for making me feel bad right now. So I have to get up and hoover and vacuum and clean and shit. Mm-hmm. Does she say she doesn't say anything to you about doing anything? You just feel bad and you get up? She doesn't say anything. She, she, if I sat on the sofa all day, she'd let me. But oh, that's amazing. No, because the guilt I feel from it. And I know that uh, she'd she just look across and just, I just lose brownie points, man. I just, how, long, <laughs> how long have you been together? Uh, not that long. Like, what's the March? So. 14 15 months oh fuck yeah, yeah you get 
you're good. That's fine. She'll let you sit on the couch now. Wait, wait till it's been like five years. You get your fucking ass up. Go do something. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, the thing is, like, because we got the land and the ranch and the animals, and there's a lot to do in the day. Yeah. And I'm, I've come from London, where it's like me and my apartment. Yeah. What I do is look after a one bed place. Now I'm about yeah. ten acres of land that needs mowing and this and that. And it's a how job. Does that, how does that fucking happen? So you go from city life to basically country life. Yeah, how does that how does that fucking happen and not like i couldn't do that i'd be like fuck that man I, I want my apartment where they take out my garbage for me i don't have any fucking any grass to cut no snow, snow to shovel nothing it's a cultural it's a definite cultural shock like uh but she lived here for four years on her own so she had like her own little routine going and i just let watch sit back and watch it <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so, uh, I cook. That's my. I like cook. I've always cooked. I sound like such a fucking bitch. She looks after the land. She does the DIY. Then she can. I caught her the other day. She was welding. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Just like she's a proper redneck. I don't. I. Uh, I actually feel better now. Thank you for saying all these things because I don't do shit. I do. I do the cooking in my house. <laughs> so. <laughs> but for me, like when I was at university, I took a job as a chef. So I was. I was trained in the like. Cooking was my hot, kind of like hobby, I guess. I enjoy yeah. it. And it sucks as bodybuilding because there's not a lot you can do. I no. can't make that through after anything. But I, I like, I cook all my meals from scratch. You know, I don't do meal prep. I do it. So like, do, you, do you know how to make your shitty bodybuilding meals taste good? Like, do you watch any of my videos and laugh because I suck at cooking? <laughs> no, you're, you're pretty good, actually. I, some of them are, like, you ever watch Roman Fritz? Roman Fritz is like just a robot. Holy fuck, that guy's like, he could eat fucking like a bland rice cake and fish for like the rest of his life and be fine. Kai's the same, right? Kai's just like, like Aaron, Aaron Singman was telling us that he was, when he came into, um, went through two pounds of raw broccoli in a day. He'd, he'd have he'd cooked chicken and then he had a bag of raw broccoli and he was breaking off the raw broccoli and just chomping on it. He must have stunk like shit though. <laughs> he doesn't seem like the person that's going to give to you like getting in a shower that often either yeah <laughs> you know i don't know i wonder if it's like that with all bodybuilders because like i see people people like evan and cedric and i'm like how do these guys do this shit i'm like i can't you know my wife is the one in the bathroom painting the fucking bathroom and like you know and I'm, I'm sitting there fucking i'll make you dinner honey yeah and i'm like yeah well i'm so glad now because i thought I was saying this, I'm like, shit, this is going out on air, isn't it? And I'm like, oh, I'm a bitch. <laughs> yeah, but that just means we're both bitches. That's not a good thing. No, don't say that. It's, it's fine. We're going to all bodybuilders do this. But um, how, are, how, are you, um, how are you getting along, getting on with uh, Luke not being around? How are you doing? Um, I don't know what. It's, it's, it's up and down. I was talking to Donna about this the other day. There's... It kind of is a roller coaster through the day, and there's different times where when I'm busy and all, that's good. Like my client work has picked up now; the gyms have opened up, so that's good. And it's like yesterday I was just non-stop working. The day before, when I had a little bit of a quiet day, that's when it's more for me. And then, especially when I'm in the gym, I train on my own. I obviously the gym's out, so I train when I know there's no one else in there. So it's just me, myself, and I, and that's when. Things in between sets, you know. Yeah, I can't imagine how that would feel because, I mean, I was. There's a difference between 
my relationship with Luke and your relationship with Luke, obviously, and whoever out there, whoever's listening, who's out there who has a training partner that they've trained with for a considerable amount of time knows it's just a bond you build. It's like, you know, my, my training partner is Paul and we've been training together for 15 years. And it's like, it's a different kind of bond than if you just had a normal friend for 15 years. You know, if you, you like, if you had a friend for 15 years, but you didn't train together, it'd be different than your friend that you trained together for 15 years. Yeah. There's a, it's like a deeper bond with that person. Cause you like, you've sweat and pushed each other and like beat the shit out of each other for 15 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's that, but then there's also the, the times in between sets when you're talking about stuff and you all hash stuff out and like, like even the relate, like, non-training related stuff like am i being an arsehole my girlfriend's doing my head in and can you just you're there for like you hear each other's problems and you probably bust these balls and tell me he's being a bitch yeah, yeah. Well, we, we train we train really hard so we don't talk in between sets oh you don't no you guys probably i don't know what the fuck you guys were doing but Our sessions were like three four hours long we have five six minute breaks i heard that about i heard that about luke uh when you know well i heard that you and you and james were telling me that i had no idea i thought he was like this hardcore fucking don't talk to me i'm gonna you know break records with every lift and he did break records with every lift but it's, it's i didn't know i didn't know there was like an off switch where he was like and him and I work the same way. This is why it worked because when we weren't sat on the bench, when we weren't lifting, when it was off, yeah. quite quickly we could switch it back on again. And it was, we both worked that way. We found it out early on with each other. Um, so we could chill, relax in between sets, mm-hmm. completely off base. And then when it was time, come back in. And, and it's weird actually, if you saw us, like, you remember. Because a lot of people would go, oh, you know, Dorian and uh, Leroy. Like Leroy is very intense in any coaches. Well, Luke and I, if you ever watched us, we rarely did that. I mean, sometimes yeah. we were like that, but a yeah. lot of people left each other to it, and it's knowing when to come in, mm-hmm. you, you time it right. Because if I'd have shouted in Luke's face from the which I, I've seen people join in with us, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying, you know, and they try to step up and they try to amp Luke up and he's Luke's like yeah 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 it didn't work that way for either of us we needed a little bit of calm around us so that mm-hmm. inside we could focus on I'm I'm like that if there's too much shit going around I can't focus see it's it's weird it's like there's two parts of that I can identify with I was never able to switch on and off mm-hmm. if I once I switch on like once I get to the gym I might walk on the treadmill with Paul for five or 10 minutes or whatever. We shoot the shit then. But once like the first weight is lifted, it's that's like it. It's like a on switch and I can't stop until it's like my brain doesn't calm down until the, the hour is over. The, the session's over. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I know what you mean. And I think I'd be exhausted from that, especially with Luke. like it'd be three hours. Of like mentally I'd be fucking trashed. Yeah, but I wonder if like your your three hour session wouldn't be a three hour session if you weren't taking five minute breaks. Like it's not because you guys were doing so much volume that you're there for three hours. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I train my own now. I play this. I apply the same principles. I'm done in an hour and twenty, hour and thirty, depending yeah, yeah, yeah. on a little longer to get some things, some more warm up sets. But sure, bloody maximum. 
Brady. I was always confused by, or not confused, but impressed. It always impressed me that somebody like you or Luke could turn it off, have a conversation, have a laugh, and then turn it back on and go squat six plates. Yeah. I need that doesn't make sense to me. I'll tell you now, I, if I think to Luke, I can't say so fucking, I was about to say Luke will tell you this. He won't tell you this. Um, so if you watch Luke squat, he'll go up to a bar and there's like this, or a deadlift, right? And he's in front of it. And every time, and I'd go nuts because I'm filming him, right? So I've got my phone like this and I'd go record. And then my arm would get numb and I'd get a shoulder pump before he even under the fucking bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't do that, right? He'll, he'd walk out. So say he'd wrap the bar. As he walked out, I'm running literally under the bar, bang, bang, under, walk it out, squat. Because you don't want to psych yourself out. Too long, it, I fuck. Like, everything, shit. I've been there, yeah. Like, there's a guy out here that I train with, and he's great. At, uh, he owns the Metroplex out in uh, Weatherford. And he's super American. Like, let's go, bro! Like, the whole nine yards. Like, yeah. fucking... And when it came to my, like, they're doing all the slapping on the back and shit, right? And he did that to me one time. And luckily, it wasn't a big, big set. But after that, I said, hey, by the way, when I'm going to go, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't shout at me. Because you'll piss me off. And now I'm thinking about you, not the, I'm, hmm. I'm I need to be. Focus. Here. Yeah. And it's the same if I squat. If I take too long squat, thinking about, okay, on this set, I'm going to try to, you know, I've got to. If I think too much, it goes to shit. Yeah, I, I can psych my, like, not that I ever lifted as heavy as you guys, but if I am doing one of my heavier lifts for me, I can psych myself out. If I stand in front of the bar for too long, I can start to think it's too fucking heavy. I better stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or I'll start thinking about injury or I'll start thinking about something. A friend of mine taught me that. He's like, don't think so much, man. He's like, just get it on there. Take a yeah. few breaths, take a few breaths and go up and fucking do it. Yeah, there's a lot to that. I think you can, like you said, you end up psyching yourself out. I get a huge adrenaline dump if I think too long beforehand, and I want to when I'm under the bar, not before. That's right. Crash. Yeah, yeah. And that's more the case where Luke and I would get in and get out because I can't stay like that for too long. If I yeah. get like that, I start to dip. And yeah. you remember, I put those, that thing I said about back in uh, spring, summer of 2017, I mean, that was... Luke had just turned pro at end of 2016, was getting ready for the Arnold. He did that. Then he did the Vancouver show. I'm not sure. He did the Vancouver show, sure of it. That period from January through to August, September, because then I did the British finals at the end of that year. Mm. That kind of, that period, I, if you go back through both our Instagrams, it's like eight plate deadlifts seven plate squatting for reps. All these are for reps. Yeah, yeah. hundred pound dumbbells for reps. All of our lifts were at the end of the session. They're yeah. like the fifth exercise in it. Like we would squat at the end. It would be the fifth, the first time I hit seven plates, it was the fifth exercise in. Wow. Then how, do you, how, do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you feel like, man, when I squat at the end, I'm squatting at the end because I don't want to go heavy and I'm trying to save my joints. Yeah, you are. That was Luke's philosophy. He's like, if we, for today, we were doing rest pause, uh, rest, pause, leg press, 
uh, Widowmakers, all of that before we came to even squatting because he was scared about having to put too much weight on the bar and we still got up to seven damn plates. How the fuck, how, I wonder how strong he would have been had he done powerlifting. I mean, squatting would have been his downfall. He's yeah. still good. He's still good squat, but he's pressing and he's, he's deadlifting is just another level. And right. he never, never tapped into what he could have done with that. Like he's the perfect build for it. You watch him, like, if you watch my squat, it's very, it looks so comfortable, right? It doesn't look yeah. awkward. smooth. Yeah. Watch Luke's deadlift, just even warming up, you're like, God, that just mechanically just flows. It just yeah. pops. Yeah. Where the bar is, how he's, it just looks right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some guys lift and it looks awkward. I look a bit awkward when I deadlift. And it's just that movement's so perfect for him. It's and funny that the squat is, is such a power movement for you because you're so tall. And usually guys that are tall are like, oh, I can't squat because they'll throw out that excuse, right? And sometimes it's not an excuse. Sometimes they really look awkward when they're squatting. But, I mean, how tall are you, 6'1"? Yeah, so if you're 6'1", you, your squat is like, what's the most you ever squatted? In pounds, 755, I think, 65, whatever it is. So it's not really an excuse, to be honest, whether you're, no. tall, whether you're tall or short. It's just if you can learn the mechanics. Right. I, well, yes and no, because I didn't learn the mechanics. I have the mechanics. Well, I mean, but you can learn them if you don't have them, no? Right. I, I tell you what, the best thing, because I was a, always a pretty decent squatter, and then I became a better squatter after my accident. Okay. Right. Why? So, because I had to learn to walk again. I, I went, like, literally, I was in a wheelchair, right? So then I went... So wait a minute, back up for those people who don't know you yet. Okay. You were in a motorcycle accident? Yeah, well, in 2015, May of, actually, holy shit, May 21st. So yesterday was the five-year anniversary. And you went through, it was like a head-on collision, right? Well, hit me head-on. I was doing 60 miles an hour. She was coming to a stop. There was a car coming the other way, drove a lorry coming the other way, truck, whatever you want to put it. And she was turning into a driveway. And so she came out. Oh, I shit. I saw her come out the back. She couldn't see. So she yeah. just turned. And then I went straight over her. I hit her bonnet. My hand, they found, so my handprints are on her bonnet. Yeah. So that's why this wrist broke. For, for you English people, for you Americans out there, a bonnet is a hood. Oh, sorry. Yeah. The front <laughs> engine is. And then uh, my helmet actually came off. I was going to the gym. I had a rucksack on. Mm. So the, I grabbed the back of my helmet somehow and pulled it off. So my head went through a windscreen and then I flew like, so the backpack, wait, the backpack came off and pulled your helmet off? I had one of those North Face. Yeah, yeah, just like a backpack, yeah. Like. I could come on those camping ones, and it had a handle, enough about a handle each end, right? So I've got the straps on. Somehow or other, it caught the back of, and it's like a, out of expensive race helmet. It's an RI, like $1,000 race helmet. Sure. It somehow caught the back and hooked it off my head. Holy fuck. Oh, it went flying that way. My head went through her, where the top of her car, the windshield met the metal. Yeah. That, that's where they found eight inches of my scalp in the. Oh my God. Yeah. How, are, then, you, how are you alive? They, the police, the forensic guy said it's because of my size. I was 115 kilos at the time, so 200. 240 pounds, maybe 250. 250 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, about 250. So then I went through. And then I luckily went through the middle of a fence. So they had two concrete posts and then a wooden 
fence in between and I went through the dead square in the middle of that. So if I'd have hit the concrete post, I'd have been lights out. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I was, yeah, I was awake the whole time and I had to hold my head back together. Holy uh, fuck, dude. Yeah, uh, while the air ambulance came in. So I was airlifted to the hospital and then I was in intensive care for two weeks and came out in a wheelchair. Because You didn't, you, it didn't knock you out? No, no. Oh my god! Landing, and then I remember I was on my hands and knees, and blood was just dripping from my head. So then I rolled on my back and then grabbed from the top of my head here because it's like yeah, a big V there. Yeah. And uh, I told, I shouted at the girl in the car. I screamed at her and said, "Like, uh, call an ambulance!" And luckily, the second car that was coming along the road was a police car, and. They jumped out and she came and held my head together for me. And I was there for like four hours until the air ambulance could get, because there was trees. So yeah. then they found in a field at the back, taking out the back. And, but I ripped my knee open, right? So you see that scar? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got 30% of that VMO missing. Jesus, man. They had to reach on that. And then they had to take, I have no meniscus in this knee. They took that out. So you're still squatting with all those issues. This is your head. Yeah. Yep. Jeez, that's a great picture. You look great there. <laughs> oh my God, man. That's insane. So you still squat all that weight with partially the, your muscle partially missing and issues with your other knee. Well, the left knee, you know, I said the, 30% of the VMOs are torn out, so they did reconstruction, reconstruction in, inside there. And then the right knee has no meniscus. They took that out. I've got it in a jar. Holy fuck. And then the ACL and the MCL have uh, partial tears through. So I, I can't do walk-in lunges because it's too... I, my knee, my lower limb will move, yeah. move the wrong way. Uh, I see. I see. There's no stability. Um, so we, we kind of got a little bit off topic. Well, not off topic, but we kind of veered away. No, sorry. I was going to, one thing I was going to say, cause you were talking about tall guys squatting. Yeah. Yeah. Ankle mobility. That's my, I think the biggest thing to improve the biomechanics of people squatting. Yeah. To improve or increase the angle at which they can dorsiflex. Right. So, Pulling the toe up. Your foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how does somebody, how does somebody stretch that just by pushing their toe into the ground and kind of leaning forward? I, I think so. You know, you're typically stretching the calf, right? Yeah. I think the calf while the knee is flexed because you're okay. going to stretch the soleus rather than the gastroc, right? Yeah. Gastroc is what bodybuilders try to develop. That's the big meat up at the top, right? The soleus lays underneath. That actually activates more during knee flexion. So I think if okay. you if you can increase flexibility during the flexion of that muscle, you're going to increase how well or how much you can force Okay. So, uh, so for example, if I'm sitting on a seated calf raise machine, if I throw a couple, a plate on there or something, whatever, whatever I need to stretch out my calves and I just let my, my foot stretch and let that soleus kind of stretch, that's going to create a better mechanics for my squat. So this Luke, Luke used to do this before every session because I don't need to stretch your work. I just have it. I can't do it naturally, but as soon as I put weight on my back, it just moves. It goes, yeah, yeah. What I find is the, the better dorsiflexion you have, or better range of 
moving, having that uh, flexion, it allows your knees to move more as well. Yeah. Right? Most guys, what you'll see is they look awkward at the hips. Yeah. The the hips is because it's th- it's a three joint movement, right? Ankle, knee, hip. hip. Yeah. Well, of that hundred percent of the movement, it's shared between those joints. The three joints, yeah, yeah. Most people don't have the ankle and knee flexibility or range to to get the whole movement, so the hip end up, ends up having to do a lot of the range. Okay. Because their knees won't track forward. So they lean. That's why you see people leaning forward like that. The ankle gets stuck, so the yeah. knee tracks forwards. So yeah. then the range has to come from the hip. So the yeah. hip, hip inflicts more, right? But that's not really doing anything anyway, because if your hip's bending that much, you're probably doing more lower back than anything. Yeah, precisely. Which is okay. why I say, in the short term, don't worry about squatting, right? What can you do? What Go to another movement. But in the long term, if you can improve your dorsiflexion, so like you said, sitting on the calf raise is a, will be a short-term fix for that session. Yeah, and yeah. But up over time, it's going to improve. Okay. And increase the, the amount of movement your knees can travel forwards from mm. the end. It will give your hips more space to sit in without... So I'm a very upright squatter. Yeah, I noticed that. My hips don't have to do the work. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I'm in between. I can't, I can't sit all the way up but I, I don't like, I don't get any back pain when I squat like my lower back, unless I'm sometimes if I front squat, I find that it hunches me forward a bit and I can't keep myself up. But then, so what are a lot of guys doing when they go and squat? They put a plate under their heels, right? Yeah. I never understood that. It's allowing the knee to move forwards as if you had the movement from the ankle. Yeah. But isn't the whole point to stay off your, I guess it'll allow them to drive through the heel if they do that. Because my, my thought has always been, I want to stay off my toes. Right. But if I'm, putting a, if I'm slanting my foot like this, then I'm putting all that pressure on my toe. But, it means, but also because now you can squat more comfortably, it's all on the heel. Okay, gonna, I get it. You're going to increase the range, like I said, because you're taking the, the layers out, right? By, yeah, by moving it up, yeah. I need to move forward. I get it. I get it. But if you can do that without the plate, so that's your uh, tip. Yeah. That's your tibialis. And if, then if that can move this way, flat to the floor, then you so should. So for those of you who don't know, your tibialis is like your shin. So if your shin can move over the toe comfortably, you shouldn't use the wedge. Right. Because all people are doing a bike doing that with the wedge they're shortening oh, sorry they're allowing the calf not to restrict it right yeah so now the shin angle can move forward now it works knee now it's forward and the hip can come into the space below it sounds like it might be comfortable to try i've tried doing the um you know back in the day they used to before they actually had the wedges at the gym they actually used to have like a 10 pound i used to put two 10 pound plates under my heels oh, I see. and then yeah. I, I got onto using uh like lifting shoes, right? Yeah, yeah, and they have the wedge on, on them built in, yeah. When I had my accident, this is why I said the accident worked out for me, because when I had my accident, I went back, and I the first time I went into a gym, I was on crutches, right? Yeah. So I learned to bodyweight squat again, and I was just in Jordans, because a lot of time you see my squats, I'm in unlaced shoes, like you do. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Because I figured, well, I'm only bodyweight squatting, so why the fuck do I need to put on lifting shoes, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just learned to squat again in normal, whatever I was wearing. 
So that's how it helped. That's why I said it helped me to become a better squatter because I left all the equipment and things that were helping me out. I left that alone because mm-hmm. I was back to square one. I didn't need it. Yeah, yeah. I um, I wonder. I, I've tried the. I've tried the. Not to keep carrying on about squats, but I just find it fascinating. So, I have tried the lifting shoes, and I've tried the wedges, and I've tried putting the ten pound plates under my heel. None of it feels good. So are you saying like if somebody could do it naturally, it's probably always going to feel better just to go flat on the on the floor? I, yeah, I would never. I can do it naturally. I never ever would try to put a plate under my. Yeah. Um, I actually tried barefoot squatting for the first time this week. How was that? It's actually pretty awesome. You know, I I actually thought this the other day. I nearly succumbed. I used to back in the day when I was a little CrossFit dweeby. No offense to. No. Fuck it. No offense to CrossFitters. Actually, fuck you. <laughs> I used to wear Bible on five fingers, right? I wore those back in the day. And so one thing, there's a byproduct of wearing them. Forget the training. My feet were like baby skin. Yeah. Oh, my. It's like incredible. I could just sit in, it's like silk. Yeah. Coming up here, where we're out on the land all the time, my heels have dried up and started cracking. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to get another pair of those. And I'm going to start training them again because... Yeah, yeah. On a bench, even on a bench, right? When you dig your foot, that feel you get when you're wearing them. If you're wear, if you wear the five finger uh, vibrams, I can't have you on the podcast anymore. Okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> I used to wear those, and when I think back about wearing them, I feel like such a fucking douchebag for wearing them. I got to. I'm just honest. I'm sorry. Like I just. Oh, 100%. I'm not because, if, because if I saw somebody wearing them now, my first thought would be, look at that guy trying to get attention. And I feel like oh, that, really? might, that might have been what I was doing. I have a neck tattoo. I can't really like. Yeah, you can't get any more attention. That's it. That's... I'm in that camp anyway. Yeah. You... <laughs> Anybody who has a neck tattoo, fuck it. That's what they're about. Just get vibe and still all in. Yeah, you might go. Yeah, no. But listen, so I did your workout. Remember, we were talking last week, and uh, you, I still can't do it the way you do it. Like, I don't know how you guys, like, honestly, the volume plus the weight, I don't understand it. Like, when you said to me, you know, do a bunch of leg extensions and then go do, go squat four plates, I was like, fuck, I can't. I just can't. Like, number one, the biggest, the biggest reason is I'm scared to get injured, right? Like, I don't, I'm not 30 anymore, so it's a little different for me. But I tried it with my own. I lowered the weight a bit. Fuck, dude. I went barefoot. I did, uh, you know, the um, Tom Platt's sissy squats, like on the hack squat? Yeah. So I did, th- I did those first for like 15 reps, and then I got into the squat rack barefoot with the safety squat bar, and I did like another – that's not the same. That's way worse. That's Why? Way worse. Why? Flat hack squat like that it, it doesn't compare to a leg. A leg extension is a piece of fluff. Dude, my but legs I, are my legs are fucked today. Like I woke up. <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember like I got home, so I got home, and I've actually, to be honest with you, I left the workout, and we did a bunch of cluster sets and shit. I left the workout, and I thought, I don't know, maybe it didn't, because I'm I'm really basic, dude. I go squat, leg press, hack squat. I don't do any weird shit. The whole workout was weird because I, I was supersetting quads and hamstrings the whole workout. And I was doing cluster sets and I was just doing different stuff. I was doing some one-legged stuff. 
anyway, I got home and I'm like, kind of legs are kind of sore. I woke up the next morning and I went to like roll over and I was like, oh fuck. It was like, <laughs> I'm like, I did something. I'm like, I did something like my quads from the fucking knee to the hip just sore. Like, so. Wait for me, sorry. The glute. It's what? Like, what we said last time when we do high rep squats, it's glute. Your glute fires yeah. up. Yeah. It's all my, it's all right here. When you superset. Yeah. So if you guys are, if you guys are listening, you want to try this out. So I was, I was uh, bragging to Ben last week that I squatted four plates with a safety squat bar and he laughed at me and said it was nothing. And he said, he said, do that. He said, do a set of leg extensions first and then superset it with your four plate squats. And just to emphasize the point, he fucking posted it. Like, I think he posted it like two days later. <laughs> so wait, I think it's here. I got to I got to So yeah, we can just show people. Yeah, skinny I am in that. I was in a prep. I was four weeks out of a prep. I don't know which one. One second, you're going to share my screen. Oh, that's how No, which one? Oh, it's this one. That's right. So I was making fun of him because we were in these white fucking tights. This is screams. This screams like I need attention. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. So he did this first. You do the leg extensions, like what? Well, I don't know, however many reps. And then he goes over here. And he fucking, that's four fucking plates. And you're squat. And I'm like, I couldn't do it because after the set of leg extensions, after the set of leg extensions, my quads would be so fucking pumped. I couldn't do this. I don't know. I don't know how you manage. I do think so. Luke, this wasn't with Luke. Right? Yeah. And yeah. I saw a video of Big Rami training before and he couldn't do this. Yeah. You guys are a little different. You guys, because I think there's a difference in levels to this, and you guys are able to recruit muscle way harder and way quicker, and you're able to pump like to the point where it's unbearable. Quick oh, so you're saying like the leg extensions would have me so fucked that I wouldn't be able to have the flexibility? Out of a leg extension, yeah. weight than I do. And I'm not trying to kiss your ass here, but no, 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 I get it, what you're saying. I trained with a top pro for five fucking years and I've seen the way I the reason Luke and I train together is lift for lift I'm right with him yeah and a lot of times I'm not swinging ripping the weight around we're doing it pretty precisely what he gets out of a rep is far exceeds what I can yeah yeah I'm squeezing the fucking thing and I can move it but you're able to tap in your motor recruitment of a muscle is superior to everyone else I've always wondered that, and I don't mean superior because that's like a shitty word to use, but I, I've i always wondered that like I can do a set. I train with some people sometimes, and I can do a set, and they'll do a set, and I'll get up, and I'll be like, like just sore as fuck, like, and like it destroyed me that set, and they'll get up like nothing is wrong, and I'm like, am I a pussy or what the fuck? Like, but I feel like I'm getting more out of what I'm doing, and I try and I try and watch their mechanics. I'm like, you know, slow down or do this or do that. It, it doesn't matter. Even if they do it exactly the way I do, they don't get the same soreness. No, it's a, it's an efficient uh, efficiency thing. I'm pretty neuromuscular, neuromuscularly efficient. Whereas Luke was just straight out muscle, skeletal muscle. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say? Skeletal muscle. Right. He's efficient. Yeah. I'm efficient at 
recruiting effort, like contraction, but he's able to localize it. So let me, let me explain that to people who don't understand. So I went and saw a therapist once just to, I'll break it down with the story real quick. He laid me on my stomach. Alvin Brown actually used to, he used to correct my neuro, neuro pathways. He would call them. He's like, because he said your neuro pathways are like a highway throughout your body that allow everything to fire efficiently. And I think that's what you're talking about. So he would lay me down on my stomach and then pull on my heel. Like he would have my, like me do a leg curl and then pull on my heel and he'd be able to pull it right down. Then he would adjust my hips and adjust my back and stuff and then try and do it again. And he couldn't fucking, he'd be reefing on my heel and he couldn't move. Like he couldn't bring it down. And I would ask him why I was like, that's so fucking weird. You didn't do anything. He's like, that pathway wasn't firing. He goes, and once it's, I'm like, so I asked him, I said, is that why some days I go to the gym and like 315 on a bench feels heavy and other days 315 feels like nothing. And he goes, that's most likely the reason is that things aren't firing properly and you're using more muscle and strength than you are contraction. Does that all kind of like make sense to what you're saying? Yeah. In a, in a simplistic way. Yeah. And, and again, your ability to one, you, you just have a lot more muscle tissue there. And that's carbohydrates and glucose. Like it's, it's draw, you are able to draw much more into a muscle cell. Mm. The average joke. Is that all that, is all that genetic? I mean, to a, to a, there's a genetic, genetic ceiling for everyone on, on everything, right? So yeah. Yeah. Luke's ability, your ability to do that versus mine, because I know and understand the principles and I've taken my time to try to emulate the action mm. get weight. I've tried to do it and it just, I have a limit to how much I can do. Even my hardest muscular contraction, I don't get the same response that Luke would versus his. It's, it's relative. So for somebody, let's take you, for example, since we're talking about you and me. So for two different body types like that, is there a way for you to train to change that recruitment so that you could end up like bigger and rounder? Yeah. So I think for me, like this is, again, it loses back to the podcast I did, um, the first one with you, you and Luke, where I said, squats don't do shit for me in terms of growing my legs, right? Mm. Efficient with it. That's right. That's right. Me to grow my legs, I've got to go and find something that I'm not efficient at doing. I see. I see. I have to make it, I'm going to have to make it taxing on me biomechanically so that I have to use the muscle to, to move the weight rather than just use coordination biomechanics. So that's why the, the leg extension first and then the squat would work for you because now you've pre-exhausted that muscle and you can torture the fuck out of it with the squat. Right. Yeah. Because okay. if I can take a movement that I'm efficient with and I can use a lot of load with, but if I almost switch that muscle on first, pre-exhaust it, I can then utilize my strength, which is the squat, I can then utilize that movement under mm-hmm. that environment, right? Why do you think, so uh, the last leg workout, and we're going to get to some questions after this because there's like 300 of them and we haven't done one yet. So we should probably do some. But why do you think, um, you know, people, do, when they train buys and tries, they'll do, they'll do, sometimes they'll superset them. They'll do a tricep exercise and then a bicep exercise or one set versus, or one exercise and then the other exercise. But they'll superset them somehow, right? 
Why do you think that doesn't apply to legs? Because on, on Wednesday I did that. I superset it set for set. Like I did a, a one-legged leg press and then I did superset it with like hyper extensions for hamstrings. And then I did like a hack squat and I superset it with a leg curl. So it's the same action, like it's the same motion. The, the quad moves like the tricep and the, the hamstring moves like the bicep. So why don't people make that, connect, that same connection? They do, don't they? I don't think so. Most people will do like four sets of quads. Yeah. And then they'll do like one set of hamstrings at the end and that'll be their hamstring work. How often, how often do you see people doing like full hamstring workouts? And if they do, it, I find it strange because you wouldn't do just a full bicep workout. You're going to do biceps either with back or you're going to do it with, our, with your triceps or something. But for some reason for legs, we don't stack them together the way we do with arms. They're just, it's, it's, a, it's a much larger body part, right? You take your quad versus the bicep. Yeah. I you know, I, even if you're just going to go super basic, compare a bicep curl with a line leg curl, the, the metabolic neurological demand from the hamstring curl is far superior to the, to the bicep curl, right? There's so much more muscle. It's too much. Yeah, even if you're 150 pounds, your legs are bigger. Your legs yeah. have more yeah. arms too, right? So I think there's that part to play in it. And then the oxygen, the oxygen debt you're going to create by doing that is going to be savage, right? Maybe. So this is what I did on Wednesday, which I found worked very well. So I did a Q&A with Jay uh, last week or whatever. And Jay was talking about how he never went to failure. Yeah. Like he would go to failure, but not really. Like it was just like when his perfect form failed, that was the end of the set. And he never trained with a partner. So he didn't do force reps or any shit like that. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe that makes sense. So I took that. And then I took the conversation I had with uh, Patrick Moore, Patrick Tour about uh, cluster sets. And I kind of combined the two things. So I was training quads and hams together, but none of the sets were past 90%. Right. But my legs were f- fucked, like fucked. Well, so, that would be the only way you could do it. If you, if you yeah. train set traditionally to failure, no. like, game over. you're going to do maybe you'll get two rounds out and you'll be fried. Yeah. It was a calculated decision though. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see if I can recruit more muscle in a better way without torturing the fuck out of myself. And you know what? I don't know if this will work every week. I don't know if it was just because of a change of stimulus or what, but if it does work every week, I'm going to keep training like this because my knees felt better the next day and my back felt better the next day. Like it was better than going like all out to failure with heavy, heavy weight because I wake up the next day and my body feels all fucked up. Whereas this time I woke up and my body didn't feel fucked up. My muscle felt like just destroyed though. So I agree. I I actually train my limbs that way. If that makes sense. Your arms. Both our legs. Your legs too. I train pretty, like I said, take the squat out because I only squat for my ego. Yeah, that's not good. I like squatting. No, no, just, okay, maybe ego is just for myself, right? Well, it feels I, good, yeah. My wife will tell you this. If I can't, if I have a shitty squat or I can't squat, I'm in a bad mood for a whole yeah. week. If I have a good squat, my demeanor, everything, a million times better. It's just. What are you, you going to do when you're 40? You can't squat anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna come a there's gonna come a time where 
Seven plates is not gonna just can't you can't do it anymore. I've just got five plates for for them. <laughs> okay. But uh, just aside outside of squatting, all my other generally super seven. Either like you said, A one, A two, or A B, and then C D. You know, flip flop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'll do now with them. Um, I actually think I've got to put another leg day in. I've got, I think I've got to put a fluffy leg day, a volume leg day in. Yeah. My, I've got to have a heavy one. Because my legs are way off where they were. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, let's get to some questions. We've been on for like an hour. And I, I kind of wanted to do that just because I want people to kind of get to know you more than they already do or those who aren't familiar with you. I know. They're gone. So... <laughs> Um, but we have, yeah, there's 313 comments here. So I'm just going to go through, not all of them are questions. Some of them are comments. I think people are happy that we're going to keep going, that I'm going to keep the show going. I'm not sure, you know, how I'm going to do it, but. You've been debating that, right? That's been. It's just hard, man. Cause it's like, this show was my connection to Luke and it had a, it was really weird. I don't know if Luke had this effect on everybody. Like, I'm sure you, I'm sure you had it with him because you were his best friend, but I don't, does everybody feel like he was like, we had a really good chemistry. Like when we spoke, is that something he just has with everybody? Cause people would comment and be like, you guys are like brothers or you guys are like an old married couple. And I'm like, it kind of felt like we had a really good chemistry on the show. And I don't like, is that, is that just because he was easy to talk to and he was like that with everyone or He's a pain in the ass to talk to in general because he he doesn't really give people a chance to speak. He used to do that to me all the time. (laughs) So he would never engage in conversations unless it was something like this. He's very good at doing stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to go fucking hell. Like when the record button goes on, he's game on. He's... It was incredible to watch it, but I was just not that he's different, he just dialed it up from a seven to an 11, right? He just, yeah, 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 yeah. But you guys, more so because he's done a podcast with tons of other people, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't start off with the first one, and it was good from day one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Chemistry, you're right, you did have a because yeah. me when he came back from uh, where did he meet you? And it was out in California, right? So, yeah, an LA, LA Fit Expo. And he came back and was like, "Who has a grumpy shit? He's like really blunt because he's Lucas, super blunt." Right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Same as me. So from that point on, he already was figuring out that you yeah. had a similar attitude. Yeah, yeah, but that's the that's the thing is I'm trying to figure out I, I, whether what. That's your Is that what you're trying to say? Whether <laughs> say it again. You're special or not? <laughs> no, I don't want to. Th- I'm not. Yeah, actually, wait. You know what? That's actually exactly what I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out if <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if there was something special about our show or not. And I guess time will tell because I, I just I'm struggling with. You know what you struggle with? You're like, is the show going to be as good? Are people going to like it? Or like, because it's like people don't realize this, but. This this podcast to me is like my bodybuilding career. 
I feel I treat it the same way. I'd like, I get nervous before the show. I want to make the show really good. I want people to really like it. I want, I want people to benefit from what they're listening to. It's not just like, ah, who fucking cares? Like, so it, and I, when I realized the level that me and Luke had reached as far as like people actually enjoying it, I'm like, it's scary to think, can I reach that level again? Even if the show's different, cause it's not going to be the same, right? Luke was, Luke was Luke. But even if it's the show's a little different, I would still like people to enjoy it that much. I mean, I think it would be the other way around, right? So if you and Luke fell out and Luke went off and did his own show on his own, yeah. it, it wouldn't have been the same. The two of you, a good combination, you know, it's yeah. really, really well. So yeah. you're not going to replicate that anytime soon. Um, and I wouldn't try to either. No, I'm not going to try to. I just, like I said, even if the show is different, I still hope, you know, people will enjoy it because that's the whole point of me doing it, right? Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this shit if I was only getting like 300 views or something. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that people like it and they send me messages and they're happy about it is like the reason I keep doing it. Anyway, I just wasted another 10 minutes. Okay, I'm going to get to some questions because first question is from Versailles and he says if you had to choose between a fork or a spoon for the rest of your meals of for life what would it be and why no spoon 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 <laughs> it's not you're not gonna it's, it's not like the first you can think about it for a second ah, I thought about it I told you I don't like thinking about things for too long I'm a <laughs> spoon I can cut with the edge of a spoon as well and what about can... what about spaghetti uh, I'm Chinese, so we just spoon everything in. Are you Chinese? My name's Chow. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, but you're. <laughs> you don't look Chinese. Well, you kind of look Chinese, actually. Now that I think about it. Off season face, that doesn't count. Yeah. Doesn't count. Are you um, Are you 100% Chinese? I'm, I'm English, Chinese, Italian. Okay. Which is the most dominant? Uh, is it equal? Yes. Yeah. On it. I think that's English, Chinese, and Italian. That's pretty. That's a pretty good mix. So the neck tattoo is the Italian part, probably. Why? <laughs> well, because Italians are flashy. Yeah. Right. So the neck tattoo is probably Italian. The the um, Chinese. I'm going off this podcast. <laughs> If you say my eyes are the Chinese part. No, I said no. Actually, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I'll say this one. Luke used to say the squatting of my quads were the Chinese element. Yeah, that's true. We, we, talk, we talked about the different, the different nationalities, and we, we both agreed that the Chinese had quads. So, <laughs> But no, what I was going to say is your uh, degree in human sciences is the Chinese part. Oh, ooh, we are going real like. Why? What is, what's wrong with that? Chinese people are geeky. Like, or, or you could say they're smart. <laughs> Why would you say geeky? That's like you're looking at it negatively. Some retarded Chinese people. That's not fair. You can't just. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look. I think the Chinese part is your smarts. The neck, ta- the neck tattoo is your Italian part. I'm just not sure where the English fits in. Just your overall demeanor, because you're kind of blunt. And yeah, that's probably the part. Your overall personality is the English part. I'm not a lot of people 
especially here with the dryness that they can't keep up with. Yeah. That dry humor. It's not, you know, I know it's not the same. Yeah. Okay. So you're going with a spoon. I actually think, um, I think I agree. Cause like other than spaghetti, right? Like what the fuck do you need a fork for? Like I can eat, I mean, if you had to eat a steak though, but I guess I could. But most of the time when you're traveling with your, you're using a spoon, right? Rice, chicken and rice, you're, you're spoon. No, I always have a fork. You do? Chicken and rice, you eat with a spoon? What are you? <laughs> That's not the Chinese part for sure. <laughs> if I pull out chopsticks, I'm going to get fucking berated. Right? <laughs> I don't want to make it any worse. My surname's Chow. I don't want to make it any worse for myself. Okay, I didn't say pull out chopsticks, but I don't know who eats fucking chicken and rice with a spoon. Me. Now you know, you know someone now. I know, one, I know one person. I know one person. I bet you people will back me up. All right, fine. If you guys are listening, if you're still listening, it's been an hour. If you're still listening, comment below if you eat your chicken and rice with a spoon or a fork. Or you go a spork, or is that cheating? That's cheating, because a spork is more, is more fork than spoon. One utensil. Well, yeah, that's amazing, but that's not part of... See, that's a Luke answer. That's a fucking Luke answer. If Luke had to answer this question, he would say a spork. And figure out a way to beat the system. He always, he always did. Um, yeah, I, I do think you're right, though, because if I had to eat a steak, I would just use my hands. <laughs> what? Well, I can't eat a steak with a spoon. Oh, you mean? Like, if you picked a spoon for the rest of your life and then somebody served you a steak, how would you eat it? Okay, yeah, I guess you're right. I'd have to grab it with my hand and just eat it. No, like, right now, you eat steak with a spoon. Right? Oh, with your hands. No, no. <laughs> I didn't hear you. This, I don't know why it keeps like, when I talk, it overrides your mic for some reason. You have it on like settings where you're the dominant host. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Chinese guest. No, that's not why. Okay. All right. So we both, we both go with Spoon. And if and if you have to eat like a steak, you use your hands. You're probably gonna avoid pasta. You you probably pick penne instead of spaghetti. No, there you go. Yeah, you just get the twists and you're done. Yeah. yeah. Macaroni and cheese you can eat with a spoon all day long. Spoon, yeah, for sure. You can use a fork for that. I bought two boxes of macaroni and cheese the other day. I haven't I've been waiting to make them. I haven't had mac and cheese in like ages. I tell you the last time I had mac and cheese was over Christmas when I was staying with Luke. Yeah. Dude, it's amazing. Thing. yeah all right do you use milk in your mac and cheese or no uh, i used to telephone and said can i have mac and cheese please oh you order it in no but like don't you get the boxes of kd and like make it yourself i don't make mac and cheese i just eat the mac and cheese you don't ever get boxes of craft dinner and cook it and make it that's my wife my wife does the mac and cheese that's the one <laughs> okay that's cornbread and mac and cheese She's the southern girl. Should I leave yeah. her to? Yeah, leave, leave her to the southern stuff. All right. All right. Uh, Pete Hagland. This is a tough one. I mean, there's probably – okay. Pat, it says best memory with Luke. What's your best memory, memory with Luke? Off the top of your head. The Arnold. The Arnold. The Arnold. The Arnold, like being backstage with him or like being in the hotel. Is there one part that you think of the most? Uh, yeah, when we got back to the hotel. When we got – we walked – you know where – like from the- from prejudging after no no from the finals oh from the finals okay 
and then we went upstairs to shower up and we both got in the hotel room. Actually, yeah, after pre-judging and the finals, but more so the finals because it was confirmed then he got third. We came up to the hotel room and we, we did a what the fuck moment. Like, what the fuck yeah. just happened? Yeah, like, yeah. I think we, I was kind of like, we were both semi-naked because we were getting ready to shower up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In front of like, just, it was like a, a American team movie where there's two guys in a room like screaming each other, what the fuck, kind of. It was. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, man. I, um, those are some of my best memories. You can't, especially if it's your training partner. You know, when I, I won Orlando, it was the first pro show I won. It had taken me. I take it so many seconds and so many thirds. And Paul was like, I think Paul was like convinced I was never going to win a show. I almost was convinced I was never going to win a show because just, you're just second and third all the fucking time. And I'm like, what the fuck? Right. And, uh, I remember winning that show and my wife came up and gave me a hug. And then I, I, I called Paul up to the stage. I was like, come on. So he goes, Bare, they had the seating they had the you know the seats where they unfold the seats and they put them all out in like a on in a hall he fucking just blowing seats out of the way <laughs> he crashed all the way up to the fuck all the way up the center of the, of the fucking hall to the stage and he was like the proudest it was like it was like he was my fucking wife he was the proudest person in the fucking auditorium i i can speak on that like I think I was happier for Luke than he was for himself. Like, yeah. I actually, Dusty put a comment on my post up the other day and, uh, about tra- when I said about training partners and I put that thing up and he commented on it. And I, th- I wrote back, I said, it's a, a, a place few of us will ever be in or lucky to be in where his reps and his sets meant more to me than my own. Like, yeah. Especially when I saw his trajectory, I really just was... I do my stuff on my case. Now we, we, we're focusing on you. It's the, yeah, it was, yeah. I was invested in that as much as he was. And yeah, that's a, so I know how Paul felt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I, I honestly think Paul was happier than I was that day too. He, he, I'd never seen him in like, he was like beaming, like as if he won. And it was like, it was crazy. But I think that's what I meant when I said before that the friendships you build when you fucking, you know, bleed and sweat and fucking, you know, you push yourselves in the, it's different than just a normal friendship. There's like more that goes into it. So. It's the same thing. Like, I don't know if this is a weird analogy or not. Say you and Paul were at a bar and so a guy came up to you and said, Hey, let's go outside and fight. One of you. I'd be more nervous watching Luke fight than fighting myself, you know? Yeah. 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 I know what you mean. I'd rather do the fight for and, and get my ass whooped. Yeah. Than yeah. Luke fight and, you know, and I think it's a similar. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, Jay Brookins, 21, said, is 32 old to build a significant amount of muscle, uh, like 40 plus pounds? I'm already 210 pounds relatively lean. Uh, I'm going to let you answer it because you have the degree, and then I'll, I'll share my opinion afterwards. Um, it's, that's such an individual thing to determine. Like he might be nowhere near. He's, he might be training for two years and be 210 and quite lean. Mm-hmm. In which case, I'd say absolutely not. You're still golden. You know, you're still you're still on that upward trajectory. Yeah. If you've been 210 since you were 20, yeah. and and you haven't really stopped training, then you might be closer to your genetic ceiling. So that's a way better answer than I was going to give because I was just going to say no. My no, <laughs> no, no, not not no. He can't do it. I was going to say no. It's not. 
I was going to say, no, it's, it's not your ceiling. You totally can fucking reach it. Cause I think when you're 30, you're still, dude, my prime. And that's why I used to, it used to bother Luke when I used to say he was in his prime. Cause he was 31 or 30, I think. But, um, I think from 30 to 40 or especially 30 to 35, I made my best gains muscularly. Yeah. Well, I'll backtrack based on what you've just said somewhat. Look at all of the bodybuilders outside of the freaks, outside yeah, yeah. of a Phil. Yeah. Look at Sean. Look at Bonac. Yeah, yeah. Guys, after 35, were doing damage. Before they were 35, they weren't doing it. They weren't, yeah. they were on, but they weren't doing much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. No, I don't think 30 is too old to build muscle, but I do agree with you too. You know, if you've been 210 pounds for like 10 years and you've tried everything and done everything, that might be your genetic limit. It's, it's all going to depend on the person. Uh, Foggy Sky 1987 says, I know it won't be the same. Uh, and, oh, wait, this is just a comment. Sorry, guys. Um, another comment. Chase Iron says, favorite type of white fish. I like tilapia, you know. I really like tilapia. I don't I actually used to like tilapia, and then when I found out it was only farmed, I stopped eating it. I don't know why, because I'm not like a, I'm not like a super health geek, yeah. but, but like I use sweeteners and shit. I don't know, but for some reason I was like, when it was explained to me how tilapia was fed, I was like, mm, it's kind of gross. I don't want to know that. I want to stay in the ignorant camp. <laughs> ignorance is bliss. It's like eating hot dogs. <laughs> Orchard shitty tilapia. Yeah. I love hot dogs. They're delicious, but I don't want to know where it, like what's in them. But anyway, the white fish, I, I eat sole. I eat wild caught sole. It's like, I love it because you can get like a huge bag from Costco and they come in individually packed like uh, fillets. And it's really thin. So I just cook it in a frying pan and just throw four into a frying pan and they cook like super fast and they're not too fishy. And honestly, actually, lately I've been eating them because I got sick of chicken. I'm like, I just can't eat chicken anymore. I'm the same. I'm battling. It's killing me. And I can do like, I do a little less protein with the fish. I only do like four fillets, which is only like eight ounces. But for fish, eight ounces is not a lot. Like, um, but I do fucking like 350 grams of rice with it. So it's like I can eat way more carbs and the protein digests, the whole meal digests super fast. So, and then you fast that, right? You're just going straight. You said you don't add fat for Oh, no, I add like a small, usually like the grocery store avocados are like that big. It's like a little bigger than a little bigger than a little smaller than a tennis ball. So I'll add like one of those. <clears throat> um, Thrones Melt One says, how do, you cho- how do you choose posing trunks for your shows? Do you use a new one every time you compete? Where do you purchase them? It's kind of a silly question, no? I don't know if we should answer that. Just like I use the same. I get different trunks for the finals uh, every time, but I usually use the same prejudging trunks every wow. single every single time, just because they fit right. Mine sent to me by Iron Monkey Web. I was like, yeah. I get mine sent from uh, CJ. I think it's CJ Elite Suits or some shit. She does them. She does them really well. He's big over here. Yeah. Um, Martin Bodybuilding says, if you could go back and train with any bodybuilder in history, who would it be? What would you train and why? 
I'm gonna have to say Lou Connor because that's the <laughs> that's the romantic answer everyone wants. Uh, Is it though? You've already trained with him. Yeah, but to get one more time with him. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Um, you know, I never got to train with him, and I'm glad I didn't because he probably would have kicked the shit out of me. Um, no. Nation, Yuri. Is it Oh, that's right. We did the chest workout together, but it wasn't really. I don't really consider that me and him training because there's like four of us. That counts. Still? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No. Would you train with four people on a regular basis? No, but if I trained with Arnold Schwarzenegger and two other people, I'd still say I trained with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, you could technically say you train with them, but that's not real training because real training is like me and you go to the gym and we fuck shit up. Not like me, you, and two other guys go and we're talking between sets and fuck around and like that's it doesn't feel like a normal training session is what I'm saying. Um, I used to train. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> I just um yeah, I guess you can count that. I mean we train chess together, but yeah. I never got to get like a hardcore session in with him because on that same trip, we went to uh Metroflex Long Beach, which is my favorite. That place is awesome. Dude, it's literally my favorite gym I've ever been to. So we go to Metroflex Long Beach. I ended up having to, not having to train. I was happy to train with Tony. You know, Tony, uh, I think it's Senemot or Seminot. He's the, what's his fucking name on Instagram? I got to look it up now because he's insane. Like people think he's like a, oh, real, real world tactical. You know who that is? I don't know your surname. I can't pronounce his surname. This guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's crazy. Dude, he's insane. He's insane. Like, he's not even like a huge guy, but he's fucking strongest. Like, look at this four and a quarter, no problem. And I think he's in his 40s, too. Yeah, but and he, uh, special forces. Marine. Yeah. Yeah, he, he is. He was telling us. He was telling us stories about when he was on a tactical team and all this shit. He's super interesting. And I got to train with him, which was awesome. Cause he's like, he's got my same mentality. He was like, go, go, go. No sitting around shooting the shit. The same beard as well. <laughs> the same beard. Yeah. The same beard. Um, but yeah, I didn't. And then Luke trained with a, a Brandon Beckridge, I think, and Ed Koo. So I missed out. I wanted, I wanted to train with him there, but it was just the way the team got split up. But anyway, so you train with Luke. I would train with um, – I don't know. When I was healthy and, and, like, crazy, I always wanted to train with Branch. You wouldn't be healthy after. <laughs> I always – if I could train with Branch when I was 30, I think I could hang. Oh, that that's – I'm – 35 minutes from Arlington, right? Yeah. I actually texted Jansen the other day because he put a thing up about squatting in the heat and he's like, oh, this feels like... And I'm like, I squatted here last Sunday and it's still... On, it's creeping up the heat. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. Like, it's stifling. That heat is disgusting. Yeah. It's, only, it's only got up to about 95 here the other day and that was just rough. Yeah. I have yeah. to when I train in the day because it's too hot after two, three. Yeah. It's, I don't know how they did it. I It was funny. I went in there for a photo shoot. <clears throat> it was like 2008 or nine. 
I was there for a photo shoot and he walks in with like three people or four people and they start training and I'm watching them. Like we're doing the photo shoot over here and they're training over here and I'm watching, I, I glance over once in a while and I'm looking and they, there's one less guy. And then I look over again, like, you know, 20 minutes later and there's like two less guys. <laughs> like what the fuck? It's like guys just get falling off. Like they couldn't finish the workout. And um, Milo's just telling me a story about Ronnie in there. Yeah. yeah and, and they were training together. Milos did the first day with him. And then he said that the second day, Ronnie came to pick him up at the house and Milo in the kitchen. <laughs> he wouldn't come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I think, um, you know, sometimes I think how hard you are depends on where you came up. Because if you came up training in that gym, it's probably not, you know, you obviously have to train hard, but it's probably not crazy. But if you came from some cushy ass club and tried to work out there, you'd be fucked. Yeah. All right. Um, pretty frequently when I'm in a hurry in the morning, I'll drink my egg whites. It's the same as cooking them. I'm assuming probably not. How do you feel about it? Not this. In fact, I read, do you follow the gorilla chemist? Yes. Well, I don't follow him, but I know who he is. He put up an article. It's 51% absorption from drinking raw egg whites compared to 92% or 91% cooked. He, Amazing. On page, it's within the top 10 lines of his recent posts. I read it this morning. For some reason, I was up at 3 a.m. this morning and I was when I sat in the living room and I happened across it. So he put up the studies that back it up. It's not the same. You need to cook it. So let me ask you. So in my opinion, I was going to say, no, it's not. It, like you have to cook it. I, I've always said that. And people are like, why? It's the same thing, blah, blah, blah. I don't think people realize that there's uh, enzymes that are released when you're chewing your food, when you're, when you, you know, all that, that are, that help you absorb your food. Do you think that's one of the main reasons or is there something else? Uh, in the, so I'm going to just steal information, but I'm crediting him. So if you go on the post, it says it's to do with the cooking process. It actually changes the protein structure. Okay. Okay. I also think it's to do with moving. This is my own take moving, moving through your GI tract too fast. Yeah. 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 Well, that's kind of what I meant by, eating and chewing and then having your body break it down. I think the same thing with whey protein, right? Unless you've got something to slow down the movement through the GI, you're not going to get as much out. It's just going to move through too quickly for you to possibly absorb it. But isn't that, isn't that the whole point of like an isolate post-workout is you want it to move through as fast as possible so it can like get absorbed? Uh, yes and no, because you're still not actually going to... So say you drink a hundred... Say you drink 100 grams worth of protein, whey protein, you're not, it's going to all move through your GI tract at a certain rate, but you might only extract or absorb 50% of it, say. I see, I see. Versus, but that's going to be, you still want to get that through quick, so you're still getting 50% of that through quick. So if I'm drinking a 50-gram shake post-workout, I should assume that I'm not getting all 50. I would say so, but then if you're going to, how many times do you have a whey shake and then wait three hours to eat it? No, no, I don't. Like late, actually, lately, what I've been doing because our intra workout at Hostile has EAAs in it, so I drink the, the intra workout has EAAs and carbs in it, and then post workout I do 
one scoop. Of, I don't do a shake. I do one scoop of EAAs. So I don't consider that a meal. I just drink my EA. I drink another 10 grams of EAAs post-workout. And then I have my meal like half an hour after that or 20 minutes after that. But you also should, if, if, if you have carbs, even if you're having like sick pedestrian, which is highly um, absorbable. Absorbable, yeah. That's going to increase how much you absorb of that protein because it's going to act as a carrier, right? They, they yeah. Wait to the- yep. But that's, that's the whole point because people ask me like, why did you put carbs in your intra-workout? Because some people don't want carbs. And I'm like, it's only 20 grams. It's just to help shuttle nutrients, right? So that's why I put that. But post-workout, I don't add the carbs. Post-workout, I just do just the EAAs. You think I should be adding carbs to that as well? I mean, I'm not trying to teach you to suck eggs here, but it's what works for you. I just think you can increase how much you're taking in in that meal. Like how much you're absorbing of that shake. Mm -hmm. I would question... But let's not say a shake. Let's say you're just doing a scoop of EAAs. So it's like eight grams. Our one scoop is eight gram of eight grams of essentials. Right. And, and then you're waiting and then you're eating within forty five minutes to an hour. I would or even change anything from that. Yeah, yeah. Not even forty five minutes. It's basically drink it and then as long as it takes me to cook a meal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um What's your opinion on hiring a coach and being contacted by someone from their team, but not the main person you wanted to work with? This happened to me when I was contacted John Meadow by John Meadows and I was turned off by it and decided to go for it and not, not, and decided not to go for it. What do you think? Do you, do you kind of grab that or no? Yeah. I had exactly the same thing when I signed up with John Meadows after my accident. He's my first coach. I tried to. Yeah. And I ended up with Matt Berzikot. Oh, so like the coach that works for him. Yeah, I got assigned to one of his coaches, which, uh, yeah, I agree. It wasn't the guy I wanted, but I do think I got more out of that coach than I would have done if I had worked with John Meadows. Um, I, I think it depends. I don't want to say this in a way that is going to upset anybody, but I think it depends who you are and what your goal is. Yeah. If you're if you're a top pro or whatever, you're, you know, trying to get your pro card and you want to work with John Meadows because you're right there on the cusp, then it would probably upset me. I probably want to work with the guy. I probably want him to pay attention to what I'm doing. Um, but if I'm just, you know, doing my first show, a regional show, or like I'm just trying to get in shape, I think it would be fine because they all have the same principles. Make sense? And especially if it's someone like John Meadows, the people he's associated with, they're not going to be chumps, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if your body allows it, do you plan to return to the stage in 2021? I'm just going to say yes. Uh, we already discussed that a little bit. Uh, thoughts on swimming for cardio? I can't swim. I sink like a fucking stone. Otherwise, I would. Insane. I'm, I can't swim for shit. But I did read some. I don't know how true this is. This is way, way back. So this bollocks okay about something to do with the water temperature and swimming and it not being conducive to body fat i think that's bollocks yeah. and i know that john meadows swam for his cardio right i don't know if he did for team U. yeah and i followed his prep when he was doing did he win his pro card at team U, right yeah 
I believe so, yeah. He was pure. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I think swimming is probably the best form of cardio. I just can't swim. So what I did, this, this is what I did to combat that last summer. And I, obviously, I didn't do this for a show. It was just for my cardio. So I got a pool outside. If you have a pool, I guess this works. If you don't, I don't know. But <laughs> you fucked, I guess. <laughs> you can go to your local gym. Maybe they have a pool. I don't know. Anyway, I got like a fucking floaty, right? That just sits under your chest. So it's like training wheels for somebody who can't swim. I put the floaty, and I'm still swimming, and I'm still moving my legs. That's what I mean. That's actually better cardio than someone that can swim. Why? Because if you're good at swimming, you're efficient. You're wasting way more calories. <laughs> trying to... <laughs> you splashing around, trying to fucking not die and drown, yeah. is harder than Michael Phelps just cruising around. Hey, I'm not splashing around. I look good. Like, it's just I have a floaty. That's all. But it still looks smooth. The way you described it does not look good in my head. <laughs> I mean, you're in your posing trunks. No, know. no. I'm in a pair of, like, board shorts. I look like a men's physique guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but, listen, okay, in all seriousness, it, even no matter how bad it looked, honest to God, because I can't swim, right? Like, with, I can swim, like, a very short distance. I can survive. I can survive, yeah. Let's put it that way. Um, but doing it, with, even with the, the floaty under my chest, like, swimming back and forth for laps... Dude, it fucked me up, man. It's not easy. Oh, but do you see what I mean by an inefficient? This is why cardio, if you're doing a prep, you have to start with cardio and then you have to increase it because you become fitter and more efficient at 30 minutes faster. That's right. That's right. That's right. Start doing something. Yeah. You'll calories by, by doing it. I get you. Makes sense. Yeah, because when I do the step mill, like the step mill at the beginning of a prep is like I'm trotting along so fucking slow and it's killing me. And then by the end of the prep, I'm on like level seven and I'm just cruising along like no fucking problem. I've, I've actually set up my cardio here because it's good weather. I've got a tire and a wood chop block and I've got an axe and a sledgehammer and I'm going to beat those for my cardio. Yeah, but you're going to do that for half an hour? No, I'm going to do 10 minutes of it and then I'm going to go walk on the treadmill. Oh, so you're just going to get your body kind of going and then steady I'm state. I'm going to ramp up my heart rate so it's like jacked. And then yeah. I'm gonna up and wait for ten minutes. All right. Um, I get bored as fuck following a structured program. So long as I train balls to the wall, can I can I train instinctively? I don't I don't personally like instinctive training for people who aren't experienced. Because I don't think you're as in tune with your body as you need to be to be the instinct, instinctive guy. I'm going to disagree with you there because I think instinctive training is phenomenal. Can you, can you speak up a bit, Ben, just to make sure everybody can hear you? I was going to disagree with you um, until you put that caveat in. Because I love instinctive training. I think feel is everything. Yeah. I want to, some days I walk in and I'm like, mm, it's leg day, but it feels off. I'm not squatting today. And then other times I'll go in and it's like, okay, today I feel I want to do this and I'll get a better session out of doing what I want to do than mm -hmm. what I'm down. But you're, so that's why I was going to disagree with you. But then you brought up the point of, okay, if you're not that in tune, then yeah, I see what you're saying. But I just feel like if you're a beginner yeah. or even, even in, like I didn't start doing instinctive training until I was like advanced. Yeah. 
the first like 10 years of my career, maybe even 15, I had days like Monday was this day, Tuesday was this day, Wednesday was this, and it never fucking changed. And I'm not saying that's definitely hundred percent right. But I think until you learn what the feeling is, cause you might just be tired. You might just be feeling lazy. You might just be, you might be like, Oh, I don't feel like squatting today because, but really it's not because you're in tune with your body. It might just be because you're a lazy fuck. Yeah. That's always a difficult one. And for the likes of like you, myself and the people that are driven, that doesn't, that's not too much of a battle to contend with. So my default instinct answer to that is no, I don't need a fucking program to tell me how to train. But you're not the average person. And my, that's my mentality is over here. So yeah. that's why I said your caveat changed my mind because yeah, you know, yeah if, you're, if you're not already obsessed with this, if you're not already in tune and know what you're doing, you need that. Program. Yeah. Plus, I think the other important reason to have a program is if you're not advanced, even if you know your body, if you're not advanced, that probably means you haven't tried everything and you can't learn what works if you're in there changing shit every week. You know what I mean? So if you're a beginner, if you're a beginner or even an intermediate and you're trying to learn what style of training works the best for you, I think doing it, you know, forcing yourself through four to six weeks of it is going to tell you if it works or not. I, I think as well to add to that, I think the more advanced you are, the more instinctive you should be. Yeah. I found like Luke and I, the more it was structured and we were logging numbers, yeah. the more it was getting. Where we were having to be, we were coming up, we were, everything was dictated by the numbers in the logbook and it was getting out of hand. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. I could see that. Um, Pat Seguin Morin, I'm just going to stop saying the names so I can't say them. Uh, why do you not feel hungry at all when you're in a hard part of your life? Did this ever happen to you during prep? If so, how did you push through? Uh, I don't, you want to answer it first? Or you want me to answer it first? You go, you go. I was just going to say, it doesn't really fucking matter what you feel like for lack of a better answer. I'm sorry, but like there's been like a million times I can think of where I was like bloated and or depressed or, I just wanted to quit bodybuilding or whatever. And then something just clicks and I go, okay, well I got to get a fucking meal in. And then I wipes all the other shit away and I yeah. go get a meal. So I don't know, man, like if I'm going through a depressed phase where I'm missing meals, it might happen for a day, maybe two. Like when Luke passed, I, I think I didn't eat for like four days. Like I had like one meal. I had like one meal a night for like four days straight. I think I lost like eight pounds or some shit, but after that, I was like, okay, it's, we got to get back to life kind of thing. So I don't know. My, 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 my inclination is if you're depressed and you don't want to eat, that's fine. Everybody has, you know, a lot of people are emotional eaters. Like some people eat more when they're depressed. Some people don't eat when they're depressed, but if you're bodybuilding, you're trying to put on muscle, you got to learn to ignore those feelings and just do what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a cortisol thing, right? If you're, Cortisol is going to just blunt that appetite. So you're coming at it from a scientific approach. So tell people what they could do to not. The question why, right? You said, or not. Yeah, yeah. No, I want to hear this. Go ahead. Well, I don't go too. Do what you got to say. It doesn't matter how deep you got to go. Just tell people. Just the way cortisol will react. Um, 
there's some crossover with leptin and ghrelin, right? The way the, the all three of those hormones. Leptin and ghrelin, leptin and ghrelin are, 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 are uh, appetite hormones. So, but it, it's like the whole body's a system, right? So every hormone is working in conjunction with another one in some way or another, right? Yeah. So when you throw one of them out, the others are impacted. Okay. And often think of hormones in pairs, right? Yeah. So insulin and cortisol are a pair. Um, testosterone and estrogen are a pair. Leptin and ghrelin are a pair. Well, that's fine, but they're not mutually exclusive and there are overlaps into how they interact with one another. Okay. So one of those out, like you can take someone's estrogen or testosterone and influence their appetite or their cortisol, you know, well, testosterone directly lowers cortisol, right? That's a, yeah, yeah. Even though it's not, it's hormone. Mm -hmm. It's a cortisol management thing. Think that's the why. So the, my response would be a similar one to yours. Like the what do you do to fix it? Well, you've got to somehow address that imbalance. Is there something they can do to lower cortisol levels other than raising testosterone? So that they <laughs> so that well, I just mean like if you're saying you're saying one of the reasons is your cortisol levels are high because you're depressed. Is there something they can do to combat it? Potentially, well, yeah, address the issue, right? Address the stress. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, what's causing it? I'm going to go down a rabbit hole a little bit here. A lot of guys are stressed, especially bodybuilding and prepping because of finances, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of them are going, no, I'm going to eat my meals and go and train, and they fuck their job off, and or they don't put as much into their job if they don't do their bodybuilding career, and they're causing themselves stress. Well, I had an argument with somebody back home who gave up a very, very good job to pursue bodybuilding. And I was like, your very, very good job could have made you a better bodybuilder. Because yeah. you have to afford all the crap we need to do. You would have been able to have probably bought your meals. Like you could have had them prepped for you and you wouldn't have been stressing about paying your rent, your mortgage, your bills, your electricity, your gas, your car. Yeah. Is he a good bodybuilder though? Uh, he's okay. He's a, I mean, yeah, he's, he's not telling I had a conversation with him and said, I don't think he'll ever be a pro. And if he did become a pro, he's not going to earn any money from it. Okay. In that situation, I agree with you, but I've dumped a lot of good jobs along the way to get where I am. Yeah, and and that, this is the hard part because you look at the guys that have made it, did sacrifice everything. But then I also know this guy's in his late twenties, structurally, you can't. Yeah. If you know, if you know genetically that, you know, then that's good advice from a friend. You're saying, Hey, look, like the writing's I, on the wall. I've seen him compete five, six times and structurally he's not elite. He probably isn't going to offer anything out off the bodybuilding stage that's going to make him valuable to a supplement company. Yeah. Some people have to learn the hard way though. And you know what? I'm sure, and I'm not saying this person, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm sure some people thought that about me. Like, I mean, look, I had a job. I was getting paid like 30 bucks an hour when I was 21, just, stuffing foam into seats at a car plant and uh it was at mid it was i had to work midnights though and it was fucking up my bodybuilding because i was like i was awake all night long and i was sleeping during the day and i was it was killing my appetite that's good money though (laughs) i know well especially at the time 30 bucks an hour now is not as much as it was then then it was like you know this is 20 25 fucking 20 years ago 
But um, I quit. I was like, fuck this. I quit. My friends are like, are you crazy? You have benefits. You have good money. And I'm like, it's fucking up my shit. I can't eat. I can't train. And people thought the same thing about me. And then I had a sales job too. I had company car, company fucking phone, company everything, plus getting like a $70,000 a year salary. I quit. They told me one. They told me it was my, my brother's company. He says to me, hey, dude, I can't have you going into meetings at 285 pounds, sweating like a pig, like and not able to wear a dress shirt. Like I was wearing golf shirts to work. So I'm like, he's like, you got to make a decision. And I was like, yeah, I quit. And he was shocked. He was like, cause he was like, he was trying to get me to stop bodybuilding. Yeah. Sure. He's like, you're going to quit. And I'm like, sorry, dude. I'm like, I got plans. So I fucked off. I left and I went and work at, I went to work at a strip club for like 10 bucks an hour. <laughs> You don't think that you're the exception, not the rule, right? Of course. There's not the, the percentage of bodybuilders that get out and actually make money is very small. Right, turning is one of the few sports that turning pro means jack shit. Nothing. It doesn't change your income. You become a pro footballer, pro soccer player, pro whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Contract your your signs. And even back in the eighties and nineties, if you're a pro bodybuilder, it meant something. Well, you used to like especially in the mid nineties to I say, always say 2007 before the recession. If you turn pro, you usually got a contract for a couple grand a month. Yeah. Weeder would sign you or like in the two thousands when I turned pro, like a company would pick you up and it was automatic, like two grand a month, which is not a lot of money. I mean, still only fucking 24 grand a year, which is fuck all. Um, but it was something at least that you got. Now there's nothing. Now you get nothing grand a year for some young upcoming bodybuilders a lot of money they'll take that they'll grab that well it's just um it's not that it's a lot of money it's just that it's somebody saying to you hey if you keep fucking working you can get more like my first contract was 50 grand for the year i was like so it kind of gives you a push and it's like hey we know we, we know you have potential but there's no more pay on potential that's not how it works anymore so unless you're, you know, if you're, if you're a massive company, sometimes you can pay on potential, but it's not the way, it's not the way of the world anymore. The recession changed that. You think social media and the recession hand in hand changed that? Well, the recession was the first thing that changed it because companies couldn't afford to just start paying. And then if you, if you think back to the timeline, social media came on soon after that. Nine, seven, ten. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you had Facebook first and then Instagram came along and YouTube was always there. And uh, then companies started to see that, oh, if somebody has a little bit of following or they're interactive, then I can actually get more benefit from them. Then that's all it took. It's like, you know what I mean? So anyway, we got a little bit off topic there, but um, I don't know how we, how did we get that far into? What was the question? I don't remember. The, <laughs> the question was, uh, why, why do I not feel hungry when I'm depressed? And, you, <laughs> and then you started talking about your buddy that has a job that he quit. And then I got into my story. So anyway, we fucked that one up. But uh, yeah, we're just basically the answer is fucking eat whether you're depressed or not. I think that's like, um, what UFC fighter would you say is the, would be the best bodybuilder on stage? I'm going to say on three. Ready? We'll say it on three. Think of one. Don't say it. You got one? You got one? No. 
No, I can't think. I got one like this. I thought you were like a real fan. I am, but I'm... doesn't. Hey, you lost money on this, so don't. Let's not. <laughs> You're in the hole. Remember. I'll tell you guys a story. Okay, it, you guys might. You guys might think it's weird, but I'm going to tell you a story anyway. I, I, I'm actually very thankful for. So, Luke passed away on a Thursday, and I leaned on Ben heavily. Uh, or we leaned on each other, I guess, and uh, James a little bit. And then I've also gotten messages from Donna and Carly. And I think one of the ways I think we've all gotten through it is we're kind of leaning on each other and just everybody sends a message to somebody else when they need to. And But the cool thing was Ben is a UFC fan. So uh, Friday came around. We were still doing the GoFundMe thing. We're still trying to get, you know, notoriety to Luke's GoFundMe and, you know, still dealing with all the – shit like it was just horrible those few days but saturday night was a ufc event and i don't know if the people are going to take this the wrong way because maybe i don't know but it kind of me and ben had been talking all day about luke and everything and then we were like are you going to watch the fights tonight and uh, ben was like yeah you know it might help us take our mind off things so let's you know let's watch the fights so we watched the fights him in texas and me in canada and uh, we started betting on the fights. And I, I lost every fucking fight until the end. And then I <laughs> – but the point of the story is, like, it was cool because it gave us, like, one night off because it had been two really shitty days previously. And it kind of, like, distracted us from – it kind of distracted us from what had been happening. To be honest. It did for me anyway. It distracted me for one night. Four hours off. Yeah. 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 So that was, that was kind of, anyway, he, but now he's failing miserably because he can't. We'll go three. Count. Okay. One, two, three, go. Yoel Romero. Oh shit. Yeah. You're okay. Who did you say? Nganu. Nganu. He's a soft, he's like a baby's fucking baby soft, fucking mush. Bumex or a Lasix and he's now. <laughs> Romero's already dieted down, right? He's yeah. making. Gano walks around at two sixty five. I could have said. I could have said George St Pierre too. Yeah, like his lower lats are tied in. Like if you see, but he's got a bubble gut. You need that nowadays, right? That's that's a good. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> Do you check your blood glucose levels while bulking? Yes. How often? Uh, at least I start off doing it every day. And then once I've got a rhythm, once I've established a new off season diet. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, but a normal blood glucose level and uh, the units of measurement might be different in America than there in Canada or, or uh, Britain, but um, a normal measurement is between four and six, six being a little high and four being on the low end, obviously. That would be, if you're going to convert it to American, that would be between, I think, 73 and 90-ish. Okay, so do we want to – we're not always going to be in that place, are we? Because if you fucking just ate a meal, your blood sugar is probably going to be a lot higher. Well, I, my fasted blood glucose, so I'm talking about I test that. But that's my, what you're testing, fasted, right? I'm that consistent, right? My last one was the same. I sleep, I get up at the same time. Yeah. I fasted blood glucose, see where I'm at. Then I can make an adjustment if I need to. So you don't, 
and I'm, I'm strictly asking this because I don't know. You don't care what it is like at 6 p.m. or after you ate or whatever. You don't care. No, um, I've done that. Yeah. I've done the whole micromanagement and pinged myself 10, 12 times a day and measured it and watched responses and tried different things. Um, yeah, because I want to ask you because people, for people that don't understand what we're talking about, some people will eat a meal and then check their blood glucose. And they're doing that so they can measure how fast their body's absorbing the carbs. Is that why they're doing it? Basically, how quickly you're absorbing and utilizing them. Right? Okay. Absorbing means you just take them out of the gut into the blood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the blood glucose reading will be high. If you've utilized them, that means the body's taking them out of the blood and you can put them in the, the muscle. muscle. Yeah. Either the muscle or turn into fat, right? So ideally... If I eat a meal and I want to check if my body's absorbing it, I'm going to eat the meal, I'm going to prick, and then I'm going to prick like an hour later? In theory, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I would go 30 minutes and 90 minutes. And then you'll be able to see like how high did it go after I ate and how fast did my body dispose of it? Right. I mean, I'm waiting for the day that they bring out technology where your Apple Watch and you can double tap. And I mean, that's, if you yeah. that, you got, theoretically, you could bulk and never get fat. Right in theory, if because you, if you you'd be able to watch it, yeah. If you could always maintain your blood glucose between four and six, like you say, or I I'm more strict with it. I go five point five is my I don't like it higher going up than that. Yeah, yeah. Five point five in the morning, I'll make an adjustment to my diet. I'll bring carbs down. Right? Okay. So, but that's where I'm at. Obviously, in the day it will go up. After a meal, yeah. my yeah, yeah. That's why I use my fasted blood glucose because I think you're going to get lost down in, you're going to go too far. You go too, it's too much in the minutia of it if you fucking get, yeah, I get it. You fucking mill and get, get on with your day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you feel beginners sweat the small stuff too much or it's good to pay attention to details in bodybuilding? That kind of leads on from what we just spoke about, right? Yeah, I just, I have two schools of thought on this. I think details are important, but only to a certain extent because I think, okay, basically what I'm going to say is this, it's like a funnel uh, or like a triangle, right? So when you start bodybuilding, I feel like it should be the least amount of details and the broadest amount of theory that you're kind of working with. And as your body advances, you need to add more detail. So I think one of the faults, if I have to look back at my career, the faults I made I don't think I was as detailed as I should have been when I got to the pro level. So I guess what I'm saying is if you're a fucking beginner and I think the question is about beginners. So yeah, if you're a beginner, I don't think you need to be worried about like we said, like checking your blood glucose after every fucking meal or anything. If you're that crazy about it, it's stupid, but details like maybe writing down, you know, writing to having a logbook for your training or a logbook for your diet. I think that is probably a good habit to start with. Um, how do you feel about that, Ben? I'm completely on board. I 100% agree. Master the basics. And until you've mastered the basics of nutritional training, you're not ready for any other step yet. That includes supplementation. You know, mm. I would always favor putting the groundwork first. And you'll get a long way if you master that. Yeah. But I think, yeah. Uh, as Luke used to say, worry about the broad strokes when you start and get the scalpel out as you get better when you get to the point where you need it. hundred percent that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is such a, Oh, sorry. 
Oh, this is a, okay. This is a good one. You have to speak up a little bit. I need to get you a microphone. Um, can, okay. This is a, a, would you rather? So you can only use deodorant that smells like a fresh protein fart or you have to always have fish breath. Oh, the deodorant. I think so too. I was <laughs> See the deodorant, the deodorant one is good because if I wear like, if I'm wearing this, you're probably not going to smell my armpits. My breath is right. Like I'm so self-conscious of, it. Like, I know I have a coffee. Like I'm like, Oh, or a shake, a coffee or a shake. And I can, I can tell already I'm brushing my teeth. I'm yeah. mouth. I'm feeling dumb. So let me guess. You're not a close talker then. A what? A close talker. What the fuck is a close talker? <laughs> like somebody, you know, people, sometimes people, people talk to you and they're like right here. And they're like, they don't give you any like personal space. No, and the worst at expos, right? You've been at expos and you get those fuckers and they're all caffeined up and yeah. eating. And they're right here. Oh, they just been eating, been eating all the protein bars all day long. <laughs> oh. And you have to be polite, right? You're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't mind, like, obviously you're going to have bad breath. You've been at an expo all day. You've been eating protein bars. You're drinking, like, you know, EAAs or whatever. I, but whether it's at an expo or at the bank or wherever, the f- I can't stand close talkers. Yeah. It makes me so uncomfortable when somebody's in my space and they're, like, right fucking here. And there's, well, people, there's people that, like, I'll back up. And they'll and they'll move forward. <laughs> I'm like, just I'm like, just stay there. Let me back up. Some fucking heat anyway. And having someone closer to me makes me hotter as well. I'm like, yeah. fuck away. <laughs> I've already got a fan right here. They don't need anything else near me. The social distancing thing is good for us. We like keep it. Just <laughs> um. Let's see. My question is: If you were going to choose to compete at any time other than today. When would it be? 70s, 80s, 90s? Well, you want to win easy shows or you want to go through the ringer? I would take... The 90s is brutal, right? I think my physique would have held up okay in the 90s when I started. Okay. I want to... Let's see. What? This is what I'm talking about. But come on. Nobody heard you. It, it keeps cutting out. What did you say? Say that again. I said, that might be true about the 90s, but if you take your physique and put it in the 70s, you'd fucking clean up. <laughs> okay, see, like, watch. Let me show you this. Tell me what you think. That's, that's, I can hold my own in the 90s, I think, when I was this, when I was like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. What year is that? This is 2008, I believe. Right, but take that and put it against the 70s guys. Oh, yeah, they're fucked. <laughs> They've never seen anything like this. So, like, who's that fucking guy? I'd be collecting. You're just getting everything. I'd be like the Ronnie Coleman of the, the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Depends on whether you want to go through the ring or you want an easy ride. If you want an easy ride, go through the 70s and clean up look, some. Look, I can fucking stand, I can stand with those guys. Can you see that or no? We're going to do now. Watch videos of you on stage. Yeah, why not? No, okay, let's get out of here. No, no, no. I want to see it. Hey, I was just busting you. No, I just, I've always wondered because guys from the 90s are always like, oh, we're the best era. And I'm like, I remember what those guys looked like. I mean, that was a deep, it was deep. 
I was talking to my wife about this. It's fucking deep in the nineties. I know. I don't want to get into this. People are going to get really angry when I, cause I don't, I don't feel like I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I think every era should respect every other era. And I think those guys are amazing, but I don't think they would do as well in this era because in this era, they look for round and full and not necessarily shredded. It, it's, it's progression. It doesn't mean, or it, it's not even progression. It's just, it's taken a different path. It's a different path. Yeah. The current path is only possible because of the previous one and, and, and likewise. Right. But what I'm saying is like, it's not that, it's not that today's guys can't get in that kind of shape. It's that they would be marked down. They would be marked down. They would be like, oh, that guy's shredded. But like, it's like Roman Fritz. Look at Roman Fritz. Roman Fritz is the most shredded guy I've ever seen in my life. But he's not killing and winning all the shows. But it's not because he's not amazing. It's because they're, they're looking for somebody who's big, round, and full. And Roman is not as full, and he's peeled out of his fucking mind. Roman back in the 90s, what does he do? Roman crushes it in the 90s. Because that's the look they wanted then. So I think that's where people kind of make the, have the confusion. Um, if you're going to the gym, do you train by feel? Not fall? Well, we kind of went over instinctive training. Who did you idolize the most when you were first getting into bodybuilding? Ronnie. Yeah. Dorian, I think. Dorian and Ronnie. I just, for me, it wasn't their size. It was their work ethic. I was like, I've never fucking seen anybody like that. The Ronnie, I, the first real, I got into bodybuilding relatively late. Yeah. Uh, it was the Ronnie videos. Yeah, that's why I got into bodybuilding like 2000. And that's when he just started coming out with like the Ronnie Coleman Unbelievable. Like, yeah. I think I watched Ronnie Coleman Unbelievable like a hundred times. Luke and I used to sit and watch the Ronnie ones and the Dorian ones before we could train. Yeah, I would just, that's what I would do. And I would, but I would fast forward to the eating parts. <laughs> Why is that more fascinating? Why is that more fascinating than the training? Because I can't lift 200 pound dumbbells, but I can fucking eat a burger and fucking a shake like he did. Well, like Ronnie, when he was prepping for, the, I don't know what, what DVD is now, where he's sat in the police car and he's eating chicken and he's got. That's unbelievable. He's just, but it's just a tub of chicken. It's not yeah. On it. Yeah. He goes home, does like an hour on the treadmill from 11 till midnight, goes yeah. to bed. Like yeah. that, well, you're right. It was, it was the work ethic more than anything else. I was, have you watched that Ronnie Coleman documentary on Netflix? That, that one got me more than anything. I'm like, this guy is just, he's just, and it's funny because Ronnie was, I don't think he was ever known as like being a soldier like Dorian, right? Dorian always has that like, moniker of being you know the hardest guy and whatever and he i'm sure he was but ronnie was kind of the same way yeah but nobody gives him credit for that they just you know what i mean it's weird it's funny because people will say stuff like dorian didn't have the greatest genetics but he had the greatest work ethic and they'll say stuff like ronnie just had great genetics as if like as if like the work wasn't there and i'm like they both had the same work ethic and they both had Whoever thinks Dorian Ace didn't have genetics does no shit about genetics because he was the biggest, hardest fucking guy on stage. That doesn't happen without genetics. No, you can, you can be the hardest, like you said, but you'll yeah. be smaller than everyone else. Or you can that's be right. Having that too, that's the, that's the unicorn of bodybuilding. That's right. That's right. 
Um, roast me and my physique on the podcast. <laughs> oh God, yo, that's a joke. Should we do it? Get him up. Put him up. Let's see. Joe Brennan. Is there something to roast though? I don't know if he's like shit or not. Even if he's not shit, we're going to tell him he's shit. <laughs> he's awesome. Is, is this his way? Is this his way of getting followers? This is very, actually, this is very um, original. I've never had somebody do this. And if they do it again, don't, don't hand it to it. So one time only. Okay. So this is, are we going to roast? Like, what do we have to roast here? He's got, he's got a peck tear here. His chest is shit. Like your chest should go like down here. This like triangle thing isn't working very well. And this one looks a lot smaller. Arms are pretty good. Looks good. Can you see it? Looks pretty good. It's not much to roast. He's got a little pecker. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Let's see. What's this? Yeah, it's really just your chest, bro. Joe Brennan, you're pretty good, dude. But I see like a peck tear here, I think, which is not your fault. If you have a peck tear, you have a peck tear. There's not much you can do about it. But everything looks pretty Calves could use some work. I relax off his quads and hammers the doctors. Yeah, it's a little empty in here. Uh, what else? Do we have anything else? Oh, here's a... Your posing needs some work, bro. I don't think that... This isn't a pose. It's like... Classic. It's, it's a version of classic, but... I don't know. I don't... I'm not... Are we being too mean? I mean, he asked us to be. <laughs> he asked. He put himself in the firing line. Oh, dude, what are you doing? Tell me you didn't wear this anywhere. Look at that. Dude, come on. <laughs> By my standards. And I wear tidy whities in the fucking gym. Joe, tell me you did not go out of the house looking like this. This belt, this belt with these pants, and this. What the fuck is going on here? You have like nice black jeans, and then you have like a shitty belt. And then you have this fucking skin suit of a shirt. Yeah, that's and, then, and then you're wearing a beanie. This is like three different looks in one. He's like, he's like modern, like, you know, pretty good Metro jeans. The Steve what? The Steve up top. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you're wearing this like gym shirt that doesn't go with the jeans. And then he's got a beanie that's like hardcore. So I don't get like the combination. That's like the, when I go to restaurants out here, this guy's in like, Nice shirts, nice jeans, and then they've got just shitty trainers on. Yeah. Like, you made the fucking effort. You went halfway. <laughs> you went halfway. You went halfway and stopped. All right, what else do we got here? What is it with this? What is it with the super tight shirts, bro? Hey, with these Under Armour spandex tops. I don't get it. Okay, what do we got here? That's a good start. Look at this. From here. Yeah. So there, that's a good good job, bro. I know I'm supposed to be roasting you, but that's impressive. Condition, it is in. Condition. Yeah, that's good. Look at that. These are good quads. Is there anything else to roast? No, he's just... He's oh, see, look, you made an effort here. Look, this is pretty good. No, he saved it with that one, but... He what? saved himself a little bit there. Yeah, he saved himself here. He, he knows how to dress. He just decided not to that one day. Well, then, see, I think this is worse. What? what? Ignorance would be sorry. Ignorance would be better if he didn't. Yeah. Know how, he didn't know how to dress. That's one thing. He's just yeah. doesn't, he doesn't know. He's just being fucking lazy. That's what I'm saying. Like, see, he knows, and he just over here. He just like fucked off one day and decided he was going to try this thing that he's doing. 
what else do we have? This is fun. I, you know what? Maybe she, this should be part of the show. <laughs> so, it's, uh, what the fuck is this? Dude, you got suspenders on, man. I can't, I see, I can't deal with that. That's too much. Is this like, is this like a wedding or something though? Maybe it's like, what are the, I think he's part Italian because that's real. (laughs) Yeah. Screaming for attention though. Do I have to edit all this? Are we actually allowed to make fun of him? Cause he asked us to. I asked you to leave it in. Really? Leave this in. I'm not coming on again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Have we done enough roasting? Move on. That's enough. Okay. 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 <laughs> well, he got the he got the attention he wanted. Maybe a lot of hey everybody, if you want to follow Joe Brennan forty four. Right. Let's see. Let's do it a social experiment. He's on a thousand and seventy five followers. I yeah. Let's. Watch. Next week we'll come back and see if this had any effect. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Let's do a couple more. We've been on for like an hour and a half, I think. Or maybe. Time. Didn't we start at eleven? Yeah. No. <laughs> Oh yeah, okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> Fuck dude, it's been two hours. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. All right, let's do a few more just because there's so many. Um how to combat the mental aspect of dieting, especially with wanting a cheat meal. Asking after your palate podcast with Patrick Tour. Well, as far as Patrick would say, he said stop being a fucking pussy. I agree. I have trouble with that, though. I have to admit, I do disagree with him in the off-season. Oh, in the off-season? No, hang on. That wasn't an off-season. Was that off-season? Well, he said, this guy says dieting, but Patrick, when he was on the podcast with me, was talking about all year. Oh, shit. I load up on cheat meals off-season. That's what I'm saying. I, that one kind of threw me, right? Because I'm like, I was like, yeah, you know, he'd be interesting to work with. But he's like, I don't believe in cheat meals ever. I'm like, I can't fucking do this. <laughs> He's off the list. Hey, man, you got to know yourself. If you don't know yourself and you're getting yourself into shit, listen, the worst thing you can do is go with a coach. I, this is why I like working with John because John knows me. He knows, like, I like to have a cheat meal once in a while. It's like, it works. You know what I mean? But we, we put the hammer down when we have to. And um, I don't, I actually don't, I just don't agree with I think, listen, I think Patrick is probably one of the smartest people I've spoken to about diet and training. But I disagree with him on that point. I also think it's individual. Like myself, I wouldn't have put on a single pound of muscle sticking to a clean diet in off-season. My metabolism is just a fucking bitch. Well, Pat's philosophy, if I, if I, you know, I don't want to ruin anything he said. If I, from what I got from him was that uh, if you need a cheat meal, it means there's not enough going on in your regular diet that's helping you. Something's missing in your regular diet. That's his philosophy. And I'm like, even if you're right, even if you're right, let's say he's right, right? And you just, you don't have your diet set up right, maybe not enough sodium, whatever, fats. There's has to be a mental break for people. Like, I don't, I don't consider, I don't consider somebody mentally weak if it's the middle of the off season. And it, like for me, I take my wife out for dinner. It doesn't make me mentally weak. I just need a break to feel like normal life i need to give her a break you know what i mean i mean i don't know whether this is relevant but back at christmas myself luke and james all went and posed together after a training session and we were discussing now off seasons and diets and things like this and we all came to the same conclusion that the best shape that we ever got in we weren't in the best shape at the start yeah 
seasons, I've had off seasons where I stayed pretty tight. I pushed the food, but I kept things pretty tight. Yeah. I got lean quick, but I couldn't get conditioned. Yeah. Misconditioned. The time where I started at the same, well, a little heavier, a little more food going in, but junk. It took me longer to get leaner, but yeah. then I, then I kept getting leaner and I kept getting leaner and I hit condition. Yeah, I'm the same way. And I think Evan, Evan has said the same thing. Like, if you're in the off season, you should have a good setup, a good base, a good diet. But if you want to add stuff on top here and there, like one or two meals a week or three meals a week, do it. And I personally think it helps, especially when you come when it comes to dieting, because you have things to pull out of your diet. You know what I mean? So, but I, again, I don't want to say Patrick's wrong. I just don't think, I don't think most people want to live like that. And maybe that's the difference between the people that get to the very top or maybe it's not, I don't know. But I think personally, it's not affecting you at all. If we're not talking about missing meals, we're talking about exchanging meals. You know, if I take meal five out, which is like, a steak and potato and I want to have a burger and fries instead, I don't think it's making me a worse bodybuilder. And like you said, I would agree with uh, Pat when it comes to prep. Yes. Right? So, so this guy's asking about diet specifically. So why, why don't we answer him? What do you think he should do about the mental aspect of a cheat meal and a diet? You've got to ask yourself what you, end up, what, what you want to end up looking like. What are you going to be happy with? Mm. if you give in it, it sounds so like militant you know if you give in you're not going to get but it's true you're the end look is going to be compromised now if you're going to spend 16 weeks of dieting and have two slip-ups in that that for me would get in my head right i'm going yeah. all the anyway why the fuck am i going to try and screw up with two little moments of weakness where i just wanted a bowl of cereal or a pizza yeah. or yeah. Just so we're in 100% agreement on diet. Like I went through one of my best preps ever was with Hani in uh, 2011. We did fucking zero cheat meals. I think I had one cheat meal at the very end, like two weeks out. In a 16 week prep, I had one cheat meal, and it was like it wasn't even a real fucking cheat meal. It was like he's like have some whole eggs and a muffin. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? You know? And all of a sudden, it makes you want to eat more shit, but I didn't. But um, no, when you're dieting, you have to shut. Just you have to suck it up, man. You have to just you chose to be the best you could be. And if it takes eating fish and rice for 16 weeks to look the best you can, then that's what you have to fucking do. And it's not, there's no way around it. There's no secret to, you know, feeling better about your food. You just have to be like, this is going to suck. The one thing I talked about on a podcast I did yesterday was when you suffer through those 16 weeks and you don't cheat, the reward is a million times better. Cause I've done, cause I've done preps like John, John's a little bit more, he'll work stuff into my diet. Like, okay, every couple of weeks we're going to have a burger and fries or whatever. And, um, it, it's eat, it's not as sad. There's not as much satisfaction finishing when you've had a whole bunch of cheat meals along the way as yeah. when you, oh, do you find that you have to carve up so much at the end? You don't even want to eat a cheat after the show. Yeah, I've been there before. I've been there. not every time, but most of the most of the time after the show, all I want is diet Pepsi and fruit or a salad. And I'm not like there's only been a couple preps where I was like, yeah, let's go fucking pig out. It's not really like the, my thing afterwards. Um 
Okay, let's just do two more, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Let's do this one. We haven't touched on any gear, so this one says best beginner stack. What's your what's your opinion of a best beginner stack? And gear, right? Gear, yeah. I think when people talk stack, they're not talking supplements. If you're talking about supplements, hostile pre workout, intra workout. <laughs> no, I think he's talking about gear, man. Test only or anavar only. It depends if you're really. Yeah. I would never do a test only stack for a beginner. Natural has never touched anything before. I'm a fucking meathead. I like I abuse steroids. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> that answer. Okay, so don't listen to me. No, I I always like combining two things, even if it's at a low dose. Okay, go test an anthate and test sipimate. There you go, done. No, that's two tests though. I would do like test EQ. And your first cycle? No. Come yeah. on. Why? This is just fucking get at it, hit it hard. It's just, just, just <laughs> listen. None of this is true. I'm joking. Don't fucking listen to me. I don't know shit. I'm joking. It's, okay, serious question. Rewind forty years. Your first ever cycle. Okay, first of all, it wasn't forty years. I wasn't a baby when I did my first cycle. <laughs> You're fifty. I'm forty-one. Asshole. It was, tw- it was twenty-one years ago. All right, twenty-one years ago. Your first cycle. Serious question. What would you do? My first cycle was Cestanon and Anadrol. Okay. And would you do the same again now? Yes. Okay. It was great. I got strong as fuck and I got big. <laughs> yeah. I, went from, I went from stiff like stiff deadlifting two plates to four. I was like, this is amazing. Right. But do you think, so say you made that much progress, right? Yep. On, do you think if you'd have taken out the Anadrol, the, the, where would you have got to without the half, half of that? Uh-huh. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't know, man. Look, I don't. You're, you're, listen, I'll, I'm going to say this. You're probably 100% right. I'm not going to even dispute that you're not right. But I always just felt like test alone wasn't the way to go. Okay. And, and, and again, like I said, I have no. I have no uh, scientific background or pharmacology background, so I don't want anybody to listen to me. And this is not me giving anybody advice. Nobody can sue me for this. I'm literally just saying that's what I did. I mean, every steroid is a derivative of testosterone, right? Yes, yes. First time you went out for a drink, went to a bar, how much alcohol did you need to get drunk versus how much alcohol did you I did the same thing with alcohol that I did with steroids. I drank, I did like the first time I drank, I think I did like 15 shots of Southern comfort in like 15 minutes and I threw up all over myself. Okay. You just answered my question. Yeah. There's a, there's an aftermath, right? There's always going to be a consequence. The first time you drink or anyone drinks, you're 15, 16 drinking at home or you're at 21, 18, wherever you are. Yeah. Two pints of beer or a shot of vodka, you'll start feeling that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Loose. That's all you need. You just need to get a little loose the first cycle. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying I don't disagree with you at all. I um I think I always went a little too heavy on the gear, if you want the truth. I think I found I found my sweet spot now. You know, it took me like 15 years to experiment and find out where I like to be. But now I realize like 
like 1250 for me is the way is the perfect dose of test. But then I have like eight other drugs on top of that. So <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> just I do no. I do work in totals as well. Like the total amount is yeah. important some cycle. My cycles now I never I've never talked about this, so I, I don't know if I want to, but they're not my cycles now are not crazy. Maybe they are to some people. I don't know. I think at this point in time, after everything I've been through, after going really, really high, and after trying trying to go low, and it, 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 I'll give you guys a little tip: you cannot go low after you've been high. Oh, so, what? Disagree. You don't have to raise your hand. Just tell me what you're gonna say. <laughs> it's not fucking high school. I disagree, and I've witnessed it because Luke almost. Okay, wait. It depends how long you went high for. Oh, okay. So, in at the beginning, we were both reckless. Yeah. Because his last cycle for the Olympia, you'd laugh at. But I think Luke was still in his growing phase. That's why I'm saying how long, how long did he go? How long was he reckless for? A few years, man. Like really? Good, like four or five years. See, I always felt like this is what happened to me. I went high. And then one year I tried to go down to like a regular, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try 750. I tried to stay at 750 for test. And I just wasn't getting anything. Wait, 750, you're saying is low? Yeah. For me. Right, right, right. Yeah, right? I'm, not, I'm not saying 750 is not low for everybody. It's low for me. Defining it. Okay. Yeah. Fine. So I went really, really high for for probably two years, maybe three, and then in the last few years I tried to go low, and it wasn't. I just wasn't feeling anything. And my, a friend of mine's like, "Dude, you can't go to where you can't go to 1500 or you know whatever, and then go down to 750 and expect to feel the same." Are you still there? You froze. I think we're having some technical difficulties because it's been so long. You there? Not there? All right. Well, we're going to have to wrap up the podcast, I guess, because Ben has disappeared. Um, okay, guys, we've been on for, unless he calls me back, we've been on for... Uh, Oh, wait, he's back. Are you there? Yeah, you sorry. Cut, you, you cut out for a the, minute there. Yeah, the Wi-Fi here just shut off. So I've well, we're almost done. I just want to wrap up this one last question because I think it's important. So we went from uh, going from 1,500 to 750. I didn't feel anything. So I had to go back up to my friends. Like, you can't go from that to that and still feel the same thing. But you disagree with that. From what I've seen as well, yeah. Hmm. What I've seen and what I've tried. I mean, I've been up at 1,800, and I have a sweet spot that's around 1,100. I'm pretty close with you. Yeah, that's where I kind of, 1,250 is where I feel like. 1,100 just worked out pretty nice for me. Um, and But I have seen, well, I've seen Luke do it. I've seen Luke go from a lot of tests in his amateur days. Yeah. And really bring it right down to well fuck it i mean he's not gonna he wouldn't mind me yeah. he's a limit 
Olympia test dose was 600. Yeah, we talked about that. That's not like it's not a secret. He he said on the podcast before. I think he said like a high a high dose for him now is 750. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, people, and, and people commented like, "Oh, that's bullshit." That's bull-. And I, but I actually believed him because I don't think Luke lies about that kind of shit. I sat and watched him do his jabs. Yeah, yeah. If anyone knows, if anyone knows that's not Luke is me, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder for him though, because if he's still younger though. Like, I wonder if his body was still able to, I don't know, keep, keep growing even because cause he was younger, maybe the 750 or 600 was enough. I think when you, when you have that genetic disposition that he had, any amount of anything over 500 is going to... Is going to help him, yeah, yeah. It's magic for him, yeah. Well, if there's any, if there's any, um, if there's any lesson I learned from my use is to just stay as low as possible for as long as possible. Yeah. Right. I, I just so, don't. And going back to the first cycle question is like, you're right. I probably could have done test alone and gotten the same benefit from. You get, you try and get the most amount of the least every time, right? Whether it's your diet, you don't want to change too much at once. You get the most out of that. Then you change it again. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Anyway, I think I, I, adopt, I adopt the same thing. And one thing I want to add on this is, and this is just my personal one. I know a lot of pros and other coaches disagree. I don't see a place for orals in an off-season. I only don't because they kill my appetite. Otherwise, I would love to. It's appetite and the hepatoxicity is just not worth it, in my opinion. Why? Explain, rather- explain hepatoxicity. Uh, so liver, to- the, the, what it has to do to your liver, because it's 17 alpha alkylated, right? So the, the molecule has to be broken down by the liver. It passes through it twice. It increases the stress that the liver is dealing with. And if you look at the correlation between how much progression you're going to make and, and body fat as well, the liver, you remember the liver is the body's um, fat burning organ, yeah. right? Okay. So if you're keeping it toxic, in an off season, you're limiting how well it can do its job on other things, right? You're distracting it over here with others. So if, in my opinion, I'd rather inject what you're going to, if you were going to, if you still wanted to take something else, yeah, yeah. instead of taking 50 milligrams of Anadrol, I'd rather add in more EQ, more tests. But how does that work? How does that work for like injectable D-ball? Is that, is that better or is it still fucking D-ball? Oh, because that's better. You're going to, all injectables are going to, you're not getting that second bypass through the liver. So yeah. the hepatitis is much less. So, so, yeah, somebody, so if somebody wants to use D-ball or Anadrol, the best way to do it is to find a source that will do injectable. Yeah, but it's going to hurt. Fuck, in my experience, they don't feel good. Yeah, when you've done as many pins as me, I don't feel anything anymore. I'm <laughs> just joking. <laughs> People are going to think I'm like the worst fucking steroid abuser on earth. Um all right, let's let's wrap it up, dude. We've been on for like two and a half hours. I know it's way too long for your first solo episode, but I appreciate you uh, coming on and fucking shooting the shit, man. That was good fun. What's that? I said it was good fun, and I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, okay, well, hopefully everybody likes you. We'll see in the comments section. Again? I'm not going to say that one. Again? Well, I'm, if people like you, you're coming on again. Motherfuckers. All right. <laughs> See, what's the. Sorry, man.
All right. I got I to take a piss. I got to get a meal. Let's talk soon. Yeah. Okay, yeah, brother. Take it easy. Bye.